You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. Black Power, BB48, my hotel. Welcome to Feet on the Ground Radio. Brother Paul, we're coming to get it in. You know, tonight's news, news, and more news. And we're going to set it off right and real quick. And as we praise Nat Turner, glory to Garvey. Long live the spirit of Dr. Collins, Drew Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida D. Wells. Long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Lou Hamer. BB48, what do you do out there tonight, family? You know, I know we had a long weekend, you know what I mean? Uh, the, uh, just uh, perpetuated another crack of holy day for the Sephardic Jew, under the undercover Sephardic Jew who is now disguised as an Italian, a Roman Italian, you know, Hellenistic Jew, uh, Cristobal Colon, a.k.a. Christopher Columbus. I'm about to get some, some real good information on, on the name change that he took he took on, too, from Cristobal Colon to Christopher Columbus. Uh, a lot of different things that got Columbus in it. Always some bullshit happening around it. Anytime I think of Columbus, I automatically think of Columbine. Columbus Day. Yeah, happy Columbus. <laughs> what the fuck? But uh, somebody in the chat room messing around. But see, as we say, you know, um, just had that go by. Had the 20th anniversary of the Million Man Mars go by. Uh, we spoke on it a little bit on Saturday. It was like really heated. People ain't really like what was going on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we have Bible Automatics come in Sunday, clarify a couple of different positions, give the people some real good in, insight. So, um, you know, just uh, political awareness is, is something that we definitely need to have. And this day and time is, uh, is a agenda and some things that we need to move forward on and be proactive with. You know? So that being said, though, we got a, a couple of different stories that we're going to put in. We're going to put it in tonight. Hold on. Let me... Let's see. We got a couple of different stories we're going to put in. We're going to throw in some, uh, a couple of good articles. I don't know if anybody got any any information on the numbers that were supposed to be out there at the at the million mark mark. So, you know, we can get somebody with some numbers. I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information floating along that has uh, not been properly vetted, a lot of um, misdirection, and just outright, um, you know, people just outright just posting uh, just straight lies and shit. So social media is, is performing what it's supposed to do, which is keep our eye off the, um, off the prize. You know what I mean? Social media that is enacted by 
the Caucasian is utilized to keep us unaware and um, emotionally distraught, always running from one end to the other and not staying firm in the middle. So, you know, at this point in time, we like to, you know, we, we, um, we've been moved around here and there. As a people, we've been moved around from uh, one, one end to another, and we, what we need to do is just stop, hold off, and refocus ourselves. I'm looking for uh, where is my philosophies and opinions of Marcus Garvey? There's a quote that I wanted to that I wanted to read to the family from philosophies and opinions of Marcus Garvey. I can't find it right now. But there's something that I wanted to read though. I wanted to read some right here, though, out of um, let me read this right here, and this is on um, page 241 of the Blueprint for Black Power by Amos Ann Wilson, um, page 241, section Ideology and Legitimization of Dominance. And this is a quote. This is a quote from uh, uh, Brother Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember Frazier, first name, but um, what we're talking, what we're going to speak on, though, is the orientation of the black political establishment as at one with that of the black bourgeois, bourgeoisie, bourgeois media establishment, and with the black bourgeoisie as a whole. He observed that since the black bourgeoisie is composed chiefly of white-collar workers and since its small business enterprises are insignificant in the American economy, the black bourgeoisie, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me, I'm going to start that over, excuse me. Since the black bourgeoisie is composed chiefly of white-collar workers and since the small business enterprises are insignificant in the American economy, the black bourgeoisie wields no political power as a class in American society, nor does the black bourgeoisie exercise any significant power within the Negro community as an employer of labor. In the political life of American society, the Negro political leaders who have always had a middle-class outlook follow an opportunistic policy. They attempt to accommodate the demands of Negroes for better economic and social conditions to their personal interests, which are tied up with the political machines, which in turn are geared to the interests of white um, purported classes. And there's a note down on uh, 14. And we're going to move on to the Black Media Political Establishment Alliance can be best seen in its almost uncritical and very adultery support for black politicians. The black media lionizes black incumbents without critical examinations of their records and supports black candidates for political office essentially on the basis of their blackness, generally as long as they are not Republicans. The black press makes little or no demands on black politicians while it constantly parades them before the black community as role models regardless of their success 
or lack of it in advancing the interests of the community. The achievements of black politicians, no matter how dubious, are often presented by the black press as vicarious achievements of the black community as a whole. Black incumbents are given ready access to black media outlets to massage the black community, to maintain their public persona, and to rationalize their very frequent failures to provide the black community with responsive and effective political leadership. Thus, they keep their opposition out of the media limelight, and the community is cajoled into reelecting a political establishment whose accomplishments are meager when not plainly regressive. Now, uh, I read this. I read this in context of some of the things that have been going on because, unlike in, unlike any other people, our politicians are basically what you would call the black leaders. These are the people who speak in the political arena for us. The politicians that are elected, even though they come under the guise of that they are elected to do the bidding of the African community, the only people who actually are known to allegedly speak for the black people are the quote unquote black leaders which are never really politicians, but they still have the same type of effect with inside of media. And we see that that only those who they claim to be, um, only those who are already uh, put on as a leader are respected as leader and are the ones who are placed in front of the people. We have a lot of black media right now, and we can see that certain certain um Media, certain personalities are more uh, more accommodated inside uh, a lot of these venues than others, and are more accommodatable. You know, being that they keep the proper face up that they need kept up. You know, uh, we're playing a situation of Hegelian, uh, the Hegelian dialect, where you got the you got two different sides. You know what I mean? Where a person running both sides, and normally when you're running both sides, you only need one type of opposition. So we're, we're here with only one opposition, and anybody who is opposed to the opposition, anyone who is opposed to the established opposition of, of white people, of racism, white supremacy in America, is, all, is also deemed as uh, a rogue, you know what I'm saying? You, you deem like you're a rogue motherfucking sect or something. And so that you don't have a, a proper, you know, you you're not in a proper proper mind state, or you're not in a proper position to be able to critique things that go on with this side of the community, even though you live with inside of the community, where a lot of these charlatans um, and psychics have the most and greatest effect upon the people. So, you know, this uh, this piece right here by uh, Dr. Amos Wilson. It's very important when we're dealing with the black bourgeoisie, black political establishment alliance against African liberation because they are allied within, with one another against our um, liberation. I want to go on. I want to go on real quick and just read one more piece out of here, and then we'll go and see what's going on with the family. But uh, I'm going to start off. This is page 242 of Blueprint for Black Power Ideology and Legitimization of Dominance. Uh, 242, except in the case of crisis, such as that created by the Depression, when the Negro masses change their political affiliation, the Negro politician may even mobilize the masses to vote against their economic interests in his role as leader. The Negro politician attempts to accommodate the demands of the Negro masses to his personal interests, which are tied up with the political machines. 
He may secure the appointment of a few middle-class Negroes to positions in the municipal government. But if, when it comes to the fundamental interests of the Negro masses as regards appointment, housing, and health, his position is determined by the political machine which, which represents the, prop, um, the property classes or the purported classes of the white community. And this right here just showed, this was a, this could be placed right along what we've seen on 10, 10, 15. This, this statement right here alone could be placed right alongside that. Let me, get my, let me get my things correct today. Let me get this correct today. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me get back to this. But it says, in, in his role as leader, the Negro politician attempts to accommodate the demands of Negro masses to his personal interests, which are, which are tied up with the political machine. Now, what did we see? What did we have? We had the leader come out and wanted to accommodate the masses because the masses were already saying that, listen, man, we want, motherfucking, we want blood. The masses are saying we want heads to roll. You know what I mean? The masses' mindset is that we want heads to roll out here. Nothing else. This is where the mindset of the people or the energy of the people is, is more or less going in that direction. They want to definitely. Um, they they definitely want action. Alright, but you know what I mean. They definitely looking for action. So what was Farrakhan's job? It, his job was to bring the people on the call of the action that they're looking for, and to give them the semblance of that the action that they're looking for will be. Um, properly utilized in his call, you know what I'm saying, and that he knows exactly what to do with that energy to create that action that's needed. This is why an open-ended statement was, or else, which is open-ended. You can, or else could be anything and everything or nothing. You understand? So this is this is how they do it. And as you said, the... Um, is to accommodate the demands of the Negro masses to its personal interests, which are tied up with the political machine. What has been what has he been trying to do for so long? Trying to find a way to get some land for his nation of Scientology. You know, and, and if I can get the people to to jump on my URL, scare them into maybe trying to back off and give me something, then look what I'm gonna look like a good guy, super super duper good guy. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more later on another day. And I really want the people to sit down and analyze the speech. Uh, I, I really think that we, it's come to the point in time where we might have to have a dissecting of the Nation of Islam show. Now that I, because I, I found some reading of Dr. Walter Williams' historical, the, um, historical origins of Islam. It, it definitely... You know, just rereading it today, uh, the part that made me think about the history of the nation of Islam when Farrakhan brought it back. And one thing that I'll say is, 
it was an angel named Jabril who allegedly helped Muhammad, and it was a dude named Jabril that helped Farrakhan. With that, Black Power, what's going on out there tonight, family? Sister, come here, that's you out there. All right, I thought I was supposed to come out there. Black Power King, Black Power to the family of BB for Holy Eight. Holy Eight, BB for Holy Eight. What do you do out there with you tonight? It's Black Power over here. Can't uh, be doing better than that. No doubt, no doubt. As Black Power, I see Brother, uh, Brother Little out there on the, you know what I'm saying, on the back grind. Black Power, BB Forty Eight. Chat, are you out there? Uh, I know you might be at the Unjustice. But we'll make sure we get at him. I got some cracker store. I got a couple cracker articles, though, for Brother Little might bust out laughing at the job right now tonight. Um, Black Power, what's going on, Sister McKee? How you doing tonight? Black Power, I'm, I'm good. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing well. We're doing well. Black Power, Queen. And Black Power to the rest of the callers all doing. We see you out there, Cast 39 in North Carolina. I'm a Texas family out there, riding hard, New York family out there. You know, we see y'all out there. Black Power to all y'all, you know. It's still early in the game. But um, definitely we thank y'all for coming out tonight. And uh, as I said, I just put in a little piece from the blueprint for Black Power by uh, Barbara Amos Wilson, you know what I mean, the doctor and esteemed elder and ancestor Amos Wilson, because it just seemed so uh, timely. I really was looking for this other quote, but I couldn't find my philosophies and opinions of Marcus Garvey. So, you know, always can go to that blueprint for black power, and he put together such a fine piece of literature here that almost every question that you might have dealing with what's going on with us as a people, he has a section dealing with that. And, King, you know, that that's what uh, really aggravates me because it's not like, uh, you know, if you're on uh, Dr. Clark or Dr. Amos Wilson level and you don't put that time in and you have thoroughly researched history, as the great Malcolm X said, history is best qualified to reward all research, and you are critiquing the state of our people, that's one thing. But when you haven't, uh, done due diligence in studying the works like Dr. St. Amos Wilson, it infuriates me when you're that person and you're criticizing those that hold the line. You're criticizing those that have a problem with uh, black traders and charlatans, those doing the work of the enemy because you're not aware of your own history in the manner that the master teachers like Dr. Clark were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, we, we had a coming out party. It's been a coming out party. You know, family, it's been a coming out party for, for us out here. You know, we know exactly what's popping now. We know who, who and what's what. I'm telling you all right now, they're coming out to woodwork. <coughs> and as you say, you know, um, you know, I hey listen, sister, I was questioned down hard, you know, look what have what have you done to your community, what I've done and all this, that and the third. I, man. 
Listen. Man, I'm like, what? I'm like, man, what have I done for the community? Listen, first of all, I done wore out enough shoe levels for y'all to be coming Johnny Come Lately 2015 to just now be going to your first march and then questioning me about what the fuck I've been doing. I mean, I've been doing, I've been on this shit, you know. Listen, yo, look, I got, yo, I got 20 years as a grown man going hard, you know what I mean, all, all black power, 20 years straight of just, I'm saying, doing doing work in the community, doing work. You know what I'm saying? Been out there since I was 17, running up and down with all these all these different uh, charlatans. You understand where I feel I'm, I'm, right, I'm going to be part of something, I'm doing stuff for the community, but I'm following charlatans, not knowing, not knowing. You know, been on my history. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I'm not saying I'm a panther cut to be like, oh, like, all right, I've been in the sun, but but my mother, my mother kept me sharp or early, early to know what to be looking for. You know, even though she couldn't steer me away from everything, but she let me know to to stay aware, don't get trapped up in none of that shit. Don't get trapped up. Be in. You know what I'm saying? But don't lose yourself in no group or organization because if you lose yourself in there, you know what I mean. You might not never find yourself back again. And so, you know, I've been around doing this thing for a long time, man. I'm seeing people ain't even, look, my people just now start being mad this year. They start being mad this year. Now, this is what I'm saying. Look, look, right? Check this out. People who with the Black Lives Matter movement right now, that's, look, that shit is this year type of shit. You understand? They just popped up. It ain't been. It ain't over two years old. Black Lives Matter, and, and, and it's like it just really started hitting last year. Just started hitting last year. You feel me? So now, if you in a Black Lives Matter organization, what that's telling me that you ain't start doing that until last year? Because most people was already part of something else, or they've been around long enough that they don't just join into people groups. This is shit that I know already. I know from just just studying and paying attention to what the fuck is happening out here. So, you know, we we in a we in a wild situation here where the old people think that they're running shit all the way, you know what I mean? I said the old people think they running every goddamn thing. You know what I mean? There's, there's, don't nobody got no say so. Then then I ain't gonna say the youth, but the ones who's young into what's happening, swerving down they know every motherfucking thing on town you. What you should be uh, for and against. That don't work. Like, you know, like I said, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't trying to be on no big head shit. But look, I've been clear, clearly African centered for the last motherfucking 20 years. I have my stand inside the coat, but even in the coat, I only, the way that I got kicked out the coat is because I, I wouldn't lose my African mind. I would not leave that alone. So it ended up to the point where I, it, it, couldn't, it couldn't work out. Me and the Nation of Islam would not work out. Gladly. Gladly. You know, happy for the things I learned I was in when I was in there. Know how to, know, how to uh, know a charlatan when I see one. 
when a nigga got all types of absolute power, when a person got absolute power and nobody can check the balance on that, absolute power is corrupt, absolutely. Can't have one person with all the power and nobody can check him. He got no check. You know what I'm saying? You got to have checks and balances, man. Straight up. So, but you know, you brother, know. first of all, black power to you and, and your dedication to our BB for Hodier for the amount of time that you put it in. But I have to tell you, I was so infuriated because uh, with that comment because, you know, it's like saying, oh, um, you can't come with the truth. How dare you speak the truth about a black traitor? And then, because you're speaking the truth, question you, what have you done? But never say what the fuck they done did. You, you understand what I'm saying? You mad because this African warrior done freed his mind from the bullshit, and you still stuck. I'll tell you what, we're going to lose this, you know what I mean? Listen, listen, family, I'll tell you what, uh, social media and shit like that, all these things, these shit is meant for you to be able to control, man. Use that shit as entertainment, man. You can't entertain me with the bullshit. So what it did do is, though, it drew some lines this weekend, drew lines to make sure you know who you can fuck with, who you can't fuck with. If you're African centers, you know now who you can fuck with and who you can't fuck with. Ain't no doubt about that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no doubt about that at all. If you, if, listen, you can't respect Malcolm and then be there with the man who, who was, who was smiling and was talking well of his killers. You can't do that. As a matter of fact, I think I'm gonna have to play that. I think I'm gonna have to play that clip so we can hear. You know what I mean? say, if we dealt with Malcolm like our nation deal with traitors, what business is it of yours? He just cloaked up his mouth, and y'all, and you run down there to this religious nut, and then tell me, well, it's all about the unity, it's all about the love. No, man, you don't unify up under them type of fucking terms, no matter what. Well, I don't see how it was uh, some black unity there with every other nationality there, with you bumping heads with, that, with them. That's some integration bullshit to me. I don't see how you can be a pan-African and, you know what I'm saying, even want to be in, in, in that type of uh, environment. Exactly, in that type of environment. But more niggas was duped. See, this when you get when you got a slick talker. Because the slick talker making you think you're going to, look, this is about black men. It's a million men, black men. But they ain't reading the fine line. They ain't reading the fine print. They ain't reading the fine goddamn print. Cause it's, well, Brother Bone, they ain't see the commercial either. Because the commercial told you. Yeah, exactly. They ain't see the commercial. They, look, they was running with what the media, the bourgeoisie media put out. That's why I read that piece from from. from Dr. Amos Wilson, because that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a media that worked along with the snakes. It worked with them to dupe the people. Well, I'm going to tell you this. When I'm trying to uh, connect, when I'm, you know what I'm saying, trying to have a spiritual moment with other African people, you know what I'm saying, especially when they have something to do with, you know what I'm saying, stuff from the past, I find it hard. That energy, to me, is messed up when, when others are there that are not African. I'm sorry, they just throw my energy out. 
Or, or you know what I'm saying? For real, I feel like the the ancestors are not, you know what I'm saying, coming in clear and some distortment up in there. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not on the same level. We don't want the same thing. And you know that because you've seen the video that P, uh, which kind of Sadiddy put out. You know what I'm saying? The word, you know what I'm saying? The crackers are there for a whole other reason. Yeah, I, I, I try to catch, I didn't, I catch a little, little, a little piece of wine with poor light up there. But you know, like, like you said, for a whole other reason. You can't, see, look, look, Africans, 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 you can't connect. I don't care what nobody say, man. We black, right? We all African. You can't make no real African connection, though, with somebody who is praying to a god or your fucking enemy. If your brother got the same god as your enemy, then now your brother is your enemy. Because at the end of the day, they're going to have to be together. This is where this shit confuses me. Where we, we, where we pretend like, like you can, oh, well, look, we're going to throw down, we're going to put down the banner uh, 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 RBG and pick up the flag of Islam. We're going to, we're going to, alaikum, every motherfucking couple. Listen, man, nah, nah, nah. That don't, that don't work, so that's why we got to stay away from the This is what religion does to us. Religion, religion, uh, uh, religiosity makes you have to deal with your enemy as your brother, as your brother. They brothers with the Catholics. How you brothers with the How you brothers with the Hellenistic Jews? But you don't like Jews. But the Catholics is your brother, and them ain't nothing but a gang of Jews too. And then you got this big Jew book called the Quran, and you trying to pretend to me that it ain't the Jew book, that it's some other shit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Shay. Uh, I can't wait. I'm trying to get something. I'm trying to get one of the NOI cats up here because I got some questions because they just think they slick. You know the Prophet Muhammad, you know the Prophet Muhammad, right? Who the angel that spoke to him name was Jabril, right? Gabriel, mm-hmm. right? So now, when Farrakhan came back to rebuild the nation of Islam, you know who came to speak to him? Jabril. <laughs> For real, Jabril came and spoke to him in the hills of Hollywood, like how Gabriel spoke to Muhammad in the cave. You know what I mean? Came to speak to him in the hills of Hollywood. So affirm to him that Elijah Muhammad was alive with Master Farad Muhammad. Huh? They give him the word again. Tell him to go back out into the wilderness and get the people. Sort of like what Gabriel was doing to Muhammad. Putting the word in him. So then he didn't have to think nothing. He could just be in the word. The word would be in him. Because remember, Muhammad couldn't read or write. You know, he was supposed to be illiterate, which really don't mean illiterate. But, you know, as esoteric shit, they try to say it don't really mean he was illiterate, but that mean he didn't know uh, the shit that he was getting told. Now, it was another angel, though, Israfil. And Israfil had the trumpet in his mouth. I said, damn, Israfil got the trumpet. He always blowing the horn. So then I started to think about the final call. You know they got that big-ass horn on the front of him, right? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He always... Sounding the horn, and now I listened to his whole speech. 
and I'm listening to the first 30 minutes where he is making himself a prophet through the language that he's using, through what happened to his mother. He's been made to be a man of God. And, and after this nigga just created a whole religious, I, uh, 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 like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Uh, well, he created a whole religion around himself because they now the nation of Scientology, so he can do that. But he has created a whole sect around himself and has proven it through his his masterful uh, uh, way of using the English language to make you believe that, yes, I, this only happened to me in order for me to be the man that you see. My mama tried to kill me three times. Then she prayed and prayed and prayed for God to get up in me. I said, this nigga lost his motherfucking mind, man. Right now, so then, so then when I'm reading, so when I'm reading uh, Walter Williams today, I'm just sitting. I'm on the bus. I'm reading Walter Williams. Wait, wait a fucking minute. I'm reading this. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, because you know sometimes shit don't click to you. You know, sometimes shit don't click. You know what I mean? So you see it again. You know, you know. I I, I guess it, it wasn't even in my head. It wasn't even my, a thought at all in my mind about Farrakhan uh, being Muhammad from out the Bible. Uh, you know, all the, all, you know, this is the thing about Jabril is this is what I always seen, seen it as the angel Gabriel. I always thought Gabriel. So when I'm reading Walter Williams and Jabril going through my mind and just having, you know, over the past weekend, just revisited a lot of different nation of Islam thoughts. That shit popped into my head. Damn. Wait a minute. This is the same goddamn story that Farrakhan was telling about his own self. Different little couple different words, but overall, at the end of the day, it still basically means the same thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He was he got talked to by the angel Gabriel up in the hill, which could be a cave. You know what I'm saying? In the hills, because you know the hills, the hills have eyes, so it's always caves in the hills. So now he was talked to the angel in the hill, told him, told him about God, and he told us about how uh, it was on that wheel up his eyes in the air and couldn't nobody see him, and he went up on the spaceship and all that shit. God damn, boy. This nigga done created a, a real fantasy land for us to fall into and and have a religion like what L. Ron Hubbard did. What best thing to do? Create your own religion. You want to get rich? Create your own religion, man. Straight up, nothing else. Don't do nothing else. Create your own shit. Now this is the words of L. Ron Hubbard, dope fan, who Farrakhan following right now. They married together. You know, who also saying lie to the people. Mhm. Yeah. Just like Farrakhan, a fictitious writer. Yeah. Oh, people, how? Yo, I, I'm through. I'm through. All right, all right. That's it. That's it. Listen, this shit is this shit is going on far enough. We're in 2015. Our people are still defending the motherfucker who will come on and tell you. Don't boycott Christmas. Boycott Santa Claus. D 
didn't teach your children about Cracker Jesus, the real meaning of Cracker Jesus. What? Huh? That's the question all y'all should be asking. What? The justice of elf mean let us boycott Santa Claus? That nigga ain't even real. What the fuck we ain't gonna buy nothing from Alaska? What the fuck how are we gonna do that? <laughs> I don't understand that shit. How can you boycott a fictional fucking character? And then teach your children about the other one. Huh? Come on, man. Come on, that's that's what you call double speech, man. You can't say, let's forget one motherfucking comic book character and then let's big up the other one. Come on, man. Let's double speak. You know, nobody said, you're freaking our fucking children, man. The youth was out there. That was 20 years, man. Like, Bob Automatic was saying, man, every 20 years be a new generation, man. They used that shit on us. Now you got a whole new fresh crop to throw words up under. Who knew who? They they just now this is the first time they hearing somebody talk shit about oh those later Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Boycott yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they ain't really heard nobody saying you know, saying too much of nothing. I'm glad there's some youth out there who's standing strong they ain't really heard. Don't say it too much of nothing. Oh man, who is that, man? We you got some somebody coming in nasty. But brother Bone, that's what makes it so dangerous, you know. I'm not talking about anybody that's, I'm even say, I'm going to go as far down um, or up as, I'm going to say 30. But for those elders that was out there and heard him bring that no good woman up there with her children, the same woman and other women who they wasn't there, that Malcolm X defended because to have sex with four, at least four 16-year-old girls that were secretary thing, impregnate them, and you were a married man, that went against the nation protocol. Mm-hmm. Not the Bible, not the Quran, the nation. Mm-hmm. To know that that damn traitor called for this man death, saying he lying on Elijah Muhammad when he wasn't. And then when he gone, decades later, you bring them out on stage? Mm-hmm. And don't nobody, damn, ain't no old lady throw a shoe, no old brother in the crowd throw his hat, something at this motherfucker, boo, nothing? Nothing, yeah. Motherfucker supposed to boo at least. How could you bring them out? And when you call for death on Malcolm for 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 saying that this happened, and y'all call Malcolm a liar, you called the guy. They called the girls prostitutes and whores. He on the record. He on the record, calling them girls prostitutes and whores. Some of them girls was kicked out the mosque. You know what I'm saying? You call them prostitutes. Oh, these whores. They lied. They lying. Now, 50 years later, 50 years later, oh, well, look, these was the sons from, oh, nigga, oh, 
That's why our people suffer from, you know, what they say, historical amnesia. And it ain't because it's, it's not something that it, it happens because the elders don't say shit. I You got fucking amnesia. The elders know what the fuck. No, this nigga ain't worth shit, but they still never. We ain't going to say shit. We ain't going to say nothing. We don't want to rock the boat now. Yeah, let's, let's have some black love. Yeah, let's have some yeah, black love. For a motherfucker who killed Malcolm and then sit up there on the stage and say, black women, don't abort your babies because you might abort the next Malcolm. Nigga, what? Huh? You would say that? You'll come out your mouth with that? Don't do this because you might abort the next mountain. What? All right. So that's where we at with it. So with that being said, you know, we off to the we off to the races. We getting clear. We seen, we seen a lot. We glad a lot of this video put out, a lot of images for what went down there. So we can de- definitely decipher who's who and what's what. We understand that all Masons work together, so we've seen a lot of Masonic people working together. We uh, we know that the call had to be made that all Masons must come out and come down and don't say shit, but get down here and smooth and groove and, and shit like that. But, um, you know, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep working hard. Make sure you build your community up. This is a community thing. The first place that it's going to start is right there in your own community, man. If you don't get that, If you don't get that right, and what you're doing, trying to link with brothers way over there, sisters way over here. When you link with the brothers right next to push that because you can't tell me that ain't nobody around you down for the struggle. It's one or two. God damn. And, and, and you you better roll with uh uh you better roll with a strong small contingency than a, a thousand motherfuckers who want to do who, who ain't really want to do shit. Ten people, ten people moving strong, and, and you know what I mean. Ten people moving strong will get a whole lot more done than a hundred people who not. So that's that's my that's that's where I'm at with it. Are we just looking for the strong few? I mean, we, we ain't looking for a whole. We ain't looking, you know. If we get a lot, all right. But we already know that the strong gonna come. You know what I mean? It's gonna be in a small package first. Then the rest of the people will see, see that they don't have to have no fear and we'll get many. But it's going to be the few right now. You know what I mean? And like they say, many many are calling, but few are chosen. Those who are chosen choose they self. So you choose up. Like, pal, I, I hate to use the example from the uh, Cracker movie 300, but I have to say, you know, the part when he was like, um, you know what I'm saying, how many soldiers... You know what I'm saying, or, or something. How many of y'all are soldiers? You know what I'm saying. I feel the same way. How many of y'all are, are pan African, a black liberation? You know what I'm saying. What's your What's your profession? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, Sister Bakia, that's a you know, that's a very good part that you use because something that was interesting that he said during that. And for the people who don't know, if you go and look inside the comic book, in the comic book 300, they got all them people as black people. Now this crackers like the movie. But anyway, regardless of that, at that point where he did that, he was like, Yo, what's your profession? And you know, I'm a man, I'm a potter. Uh, I'm a blacksmith. No, I'm this, I'm that. You know, when he asked his people, he asked them, he was like, Yo, Spartans, what is your pro- profession? And you know what the fuck they said? 
Hey Ru. That's our profession. Hey Ru. Hey Ru. Hey Ru. Which means that we warriors. We fucking warriors. Now, that was a very interesting, you know what I mean, thing. But if you go back, they were screaming out there, they was Hey Ru. I mean, they're they the ones who come in to bring vengeance upon on, on, on the motherfuckers who fucking us over. Some revenge. So, that's a very interesting point right there. If they use that term, hey, Ru, inside that movie as the term for what they were when he asked them, you know, what were they in regards to being soldiers and warriors. That being hey, Ru, is synony- was synonymous with being that. At least that's how they used it inside of the movie. I don't know if everybody peeped that. Did y'all peep that? Did y'all ever peep that out? Yeah, I didn't. I'm just now making that connection since you. Um, I guess when I seen it the first time, I wasn't able to, you know, say make that connection on, you know, what the word meant. But um, you know, I remember since I brought it up. Yeah, nah, that's what he was saying. He was saying, "Hey, woo, hey, woo, hey, woo." You know what I said, which was, I was like, damn, I said, that's ill right there. That's some wild shit right there. Black Power, what's going on out there, Brother Maker? How are you tonight? I'm just listening. Black Power, Brother Rahe Room. We have Brother Claus out there. Well, as I said, Amos Wilson is, um, He's giving us the guidelines, as I said, you know, when when speaking on the political or, you know, in the political realm as, as how he was speaking, you can also apply that to any type of, quote, unquote, leadership that is placed before African people, especially any leadership that is um, being placed before us through black media, that, it, that nine times out of ten it will have connection what we would call the bourgeoisie. Uh, we're gonna move on to a little bit uh, more news on the on the forefront. Anything else anybody wanna wanna add on real quick? All crackers, all crackers must fall. Black Power, Brother Hey Room. Black Power. Oh, yeah. Power, that's all crackers, all crackers must fall. Let me see here. Uh, oh. Well, I just would like to add on, oh, man, Brother Boy. How you doing, Brother Black Power to the family? But, uh, my input on it was just to see when I seen uh, Sinetta, Siditi, or whatever you want to call him, when I seen the reaction to there being a white boy in a nation, you know what I'm saying, fully dressed with the fruit in uniform, you know what I'm saying, 
something that just uh, struck me was the fact that if the man was like, you know, I, I don't want to go with questionable because I don't want to cause a scene up in here. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cause no problems. And, uh, man, it just kind of showed, man, you know what I'm saying, that, that the nation that the nation got them boys bought and paid. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all boils down and not making the nation look bad in, or in a bad light. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So these boys, man, when you got the media, when you got niggas on the ground, you know, the niggas, I'm saying them niggas, they ain't got their feet on the ground. But I'm talking about the niggas that, that, that actually know turning their back, you know what I'm saying, or, 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 or turning a blind eye. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Of course, it goes back to what you said earlier. Shit, how could we not expect it to be a bunch of confusion and shit? How could we not expect that shit to be? I can't remember the exact words you used, but but I mean, when the elders ain't standing up, or when the elders ain't saying shit, how can you expect the youngsters to to goddamn to know? Mm-hmm. That oh. nigga knew when he seen that white boy. Dressed in the uniform of the FOI, that was a slap in the face to Elijah Muhammad. Yo, brother Tim, what is my power? Brother Tim, you saying that it's a video out like that or something? You know, because like I ain't been catching all his, all the all the all the um Diddy, all his all his um new videos coming out. You know what I'm saying? But I know he a dancing. Yeah. I know you're a dancing machine, so I know it's I know it's some shit out there, but I didn't catch that. If you could, could you, is it in the group? Um, yeah, it's in the it's in the it's in the hangout. It's in the chill out. Alright, it's in the chill out. Alright, no, and 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 I mean, it's a part in there where where they see the white boy walk past. You know what I'm saying? He talking to the uh King Samir. He talking to King Samir. You know, the white boy passes by. Fully uniform. You see what I'm saying? And 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 I mean the first the first reactions from the crowd was, nigga, let's go check him. You got the camera, let's go talk to him. But the response was I'm not really trying trying to make no you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it was then it went from I'm not trying to make a scene to Let's let's go on over there and ask him what's his nationality. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Now you're saying that though. I did see, I did see a piece of something where I did see um, brothers in the FOI. No, I seen black men in FOI uniforms, and they were basically checking brothers for not really wanting to pay attention to what. What the rest of the shit was going on, like brothers was on the outside or something, and they was and they was talking, and they was talking to somebody else, and the FOI rolled up on them like, "Yo, look, man, y'all making too much noise, y'all disturbing the minister coming on, y'all need to be over here." And brothers like, "Listen, man, I ain't come here to listen to the minister, man. I came over here to do my thing, man. I'm talking to the people over here." It's like, you know, what I'm saying? we ain't even bothering them over there. Well, like, nah, brother, but you know, you got to, you need to be doing like this. Brother said, man, y'all like the police out here, man. What the hell? You trying to tell me what I can talk about? I can't talk to, talk to these people about. I ain't worried about what y'all talking about. I ain't worried about Farrakhan or Farrakhan talking about. I ain't 
ain't come here for that. But like, well, you know, there's other people who came here for it and all type of shit. It was, it was very, very interesting. But, you know, I know they had them on there like police duty, man. Y'all come here for one thing, man, to listen to the minister and they get shut the fuck up. I've seen that it, it, it worked out. Uh, somebody, I'm going to have to check on my Facebook because there was a, a, a great, um, big, uh, a big get-together of um, several of the people that a lot of us are, are familiar with. I'm going to go try to get to my, I'm going to try to get to my Facebook page and, and pull that post. a lot of different people getting together, and I'll pull that and just place that, you know, place that article in on um, what was happening out there. But besides that, uh, Brother Cause, what's going on down there, man? I see the rain has slowed up some. How are things getting back together, man? You out there? What's going on with yeah. yeah, Black Fire, Brother Born and Family. Um... Yeah, man, I went back to the slave today, but uh, there ain't a lot of people um, working right now. People need food and shit. Uh, <laughs> it's still a, it's still a similar situation as it was um, before the bridge opened up on Saturday. Uh, right now, there's like uh, 200 roads and 80 bridges still down. So you have people still locked in and can't even get out from where they live at. Not not where I'm at anymore as of Saturday night, but. Um, the same situation, you know. I want, I want, you know. I work, I work um, at a job that has a lot of people uh, from the country and stuff that that work there. So it's like one of the main employers in the area. And so um, just hearing people's different stories and shit, like, I don't know how you could go to work, man, if your house is gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck that. You know, I, I don't know. So you kind of hear, you kind of hear the despair and shit. Like people's morale is down. And they're just kind of just doing what, just doing the best they can because a lot of people are relying heavily on FEMA money right now and government money coming in, and it hasn't it hasn't necessarily arrived yet. Um, so there's that there's a lot of that going on. Uh, again, because our people are, you know, they have this they got the, they're waiting on someone to save them. Um, spiritually, that also applies to them physically, where you know you're not even applying for help. I'll give you an example. So let's say you work 40 hours in a week um, and the storm prevented you from going to work. Now, rather than apply for rather than apply for unemployment for that week, knowing you're going to get it, um, some people don't have access to the information to know that, but then you have those many who just say, man, fuck it, I'm just going to work, and then I'll just take that loss. You know what I'm saying? So you got people who are taking losses, and they don't they don't really have to. And it's hard. It's hard to feel bad because, to be honest with you, you like, yo, man, here's here's the instructions. This is what you do to make sure you can take care of your own. And people just, you know, they're not, they not, they not there. So um, for me, it's kind of sad at this point because um, it's again, it's still going on. A lot of people still aren't aware of the fact that South Carolina as a whole and this um, half of South Carolina, I'll say, along the coast and going in slightly inland, again, it's still it's still messed up. And there's no, there's no, um, there's no sign of relief. Like I said, the cracker businesses is rebuilding already. They got their loan money and shit. They gutting them out and 
they already building, but you don't see our people doing that, um, or even in a situation where you see them getting the help they need. So um, that's that's kind of been a tough part, you know, going back out into civilization <laughs> is, is seeing the status of where people at and trying to, you know, my mind has been racing on how, how can we help, how can I best help um, those in need at this point, being out, I got more mobility than some people do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how far how far away are you from Charleston? I'm um I'm only about forty one miles from Charleston. All right, about forty one miles. So just depending on your driving, like an hour or less. Yep, an hour or less. Probably about yeah, around just under an hour. Straight right. shot. And yeah, I'm also I'm also about an hour I'm also about an hour away from Columbia too. Right. And I, in the other direction. I just know it's the people out in Charleston who doing a couple things. It's the family out there who's getting together, and they was doing a couple things to help, help um, you know, some of the Africans down there. So I was just thinking about just, just connection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just trying to unify, see what, you know, see how we can. Yeah, because yeah, it's definitely going down in South Carolina, though. Um, I haven't caught up with the brothers in, in uh, Charleston, but I know they're doing a lot of feeding the people who um, – are displaced and might have lost a lot of their clothing and stuff. They're getting them uh, their clothing and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see some of the brothers of RBGs out there putting their work in. Yeah, man, and that, and that that's what that's that's the thing that's also inspired me too is just knowing that um, you know, when I moved down here, I ain't see I ain't see. You breaking up, bro? Bro, you broke up. You broke up. Oh, no, I was saying it's good to see that there's other comrades in South Carolina because when I initially got here, oh, it didn't look like it was it was present, you know, but it's good to know there's an African spirit down here, man. Yeah, you know, that's South Carolina, man. You know, they, they, you know they got some the spirit down there. It's down there, yeah, man. The, spirit, the spirit's there. The spirit is there, you know what I'm saying? Straight up. The new African is out there in South Carolina. Yeah, man, but I think, you know, it's, it's, and this transcends, you know, just South Carolina, but, you know, our people got, we got to, we got to, we can't allow for, um, we can't allow for no Negroes to say anything other than victory or that we're capable of surviving or doing this on our own, you know. I mean, anything spoke, anything, anybody speaking against what we're capable of doing needs to be silenced, and that can be shutting them up or however you, you, you deem fit, but, um, there's really no room for anything talking against uh, liberation at this point. I'm saying this from my situation here in South Carolina, but also understanding that, um, you know, we all we all are observant as hell, so we can see where the lines have been drawn. Again, I felt like starting this year out, there's going to be a shitload of lines drawn, and it's good to see the motherfuckers drawn and in bold print, so any of you could be concerned about um, what side you're on. And... Um, you know, as a whole, I think our people need to have that continued motivation. It's only going to be those who persevere at the end of the day, um, and that's all, that's all it's going to be. And you gotta you gotta build that you gotta build that survivalist spirit in our people, man. You have to. You know what I'm saying? That's that's first and foremost. Because if you don't believe your ass gonna survive, you gonna lay your ass down and die. And that's that's whether you're fighting this cracker, that's whether you're trying to survive a natural disaster. You know, that's shit. That's even as far as if you're capable of teaching your children something the cracker can't teach them. You know what I mean? You got to believe, we got to believe in ourselves and our capabilities and leave no room for doubt. 
say. I say. That's a, that's the absolute truth right there. That's the absolute truth. We cannot have any thought in our mind that we can't win or that we're not victorious. Anybody else want got anything you want to ask for the cause? Well, you got a lot of stuff going on down there. Anybody who got any other words? No, yeah, I'm getting in, I'm getting in the lab now, but I'm gonna get, I'll, I'll be back on. All. Oh, all right, all right. Well, that's our brother down there in South Carolina, holding it down. You know, glad he was prepared for anything that anything that could happen. You know what I mean? So, you know, the brother he's looking right now to try to help out some of the other family down there who weren't as uh, equipped with the information that they needed to know that they should be prepared for any type of uh, situation going on down there. So that's a, that's a good thing right there. Um, let me see what I want to go to first. Oh, man. You know, the demon is out here. This joke is the raping is the white demon. This guy got tattoos all over his face. Oh, man. Creature from Sharksburg. What the fuck is this guy? Oweta County Sheriff? Where, where the hell is Sharksburg at? That sounds like somewhere in, in fucking Pennsylvania. Whoever heard of that place, Sharpsburg. My computer acting a fool, so I can't pull that story up right now. This story out of weird, but. This is this is what I was talking about. This is the thing that we got to watch out for because when you get a gaggle of maces together who all come up under different names, then you're going to have to be weird. People be weird, straight up. Now, Joyce goes, last night, Polite announced the alliance of his group, New Covenant, the Amin Ra Squad, and the New Black Panther Party, the New Black Panther Party, to start a push for immediate change as a political party which will be developing a new national plan for a new nation with our own land, hospitals, and farms. He made it clear, too, polite, I fucks with the NOI. And then this person puts, thinking like Angela Davis must have felt like just seeing these great men at the Panther headquarters. All right. Um, all right. All right. Damn, now the sister saying she felt like Angela Davis, the fucking cop. Angela Davis is an FBI agent. She was working with, she was working with Jim Jones in there. She was in with them. She joking with agents amongst us, man. See? All right. But that's my, I, I, I seen that and I said, damn, man, all y'all working together, huh? New Covenant, Amin Rasquan, and the New Black Panther Party to push for immediate new agenda. And I, I read this political agenda, it was political party. I'm saying, God damn. And y'all ain't nobody. Y'all, how the hell y'all just don't want to go just, just damn? If you're going to start a party, 
why bypass automatic? What in the hell could be in your brain to say, nah, we ain't going, we're not going. Why build, listen, man, don't recreate the will. Why bypass automatic? Now, these ain't slow brothers. These ain't slow people. They know who this brother is. They're not out of the loop or nothing like that. So what is your political agenda going to include that you can't bring in the attorney at war? Because if any time you're putting together any type of political agenda, we need a good attorney there. And I don't, I'm not trusting Malik Zouz-Shabazz to do the work that we need done. I'm just, I'm not. I'd rather go with the attorney at war, the only one. So why would y'all bypass that? See, this is where, this is this, this that telltale stuff right here, man. You can't trust me, man. Y'all ain't going to come up with no political agenda for me. I ain't going to put the, all these people together, a bunch of new Wapians and Masons and all type of Muslims and shit together. Oh, no. Nah. How y'all going to work together? Y'all keep telling me that this could work together. It can't because y'all got to have, y'all got separate ideology. And your ideology is is based upon your culture. And it's your culture. If inside your culture you got a religion that got a deity that is part of the enemy deity, then I know that we cannot work together because this is your culture. You gotta live by that. You got to live by it. See, this is stuff that you can't get over. You can't be like, oh, I'm gonna just drop my religion. You can't do that. It don't work like that. It don't work like that because when you drop your religion, then you drop all your culture. You gotta drop all your ideologies. You got to re. A line, anything that's going to take you another six, seven, eight, nine, ten months to even try to come up with a clear idea of what your new ideology is going to even start to look like. That's going to take time. So all these people saying we're going to come together, we're going to drop all our titles, we're going to drop that and get together. No, you a goddamn lie. You a goddamn lie. You should have been dropped that shit. And we ain't got to worry about if we can work together. You know, Brother Bourne, um, they do have things in common. You know, uh, one, uh, the three groups that you mentioned, these are lovers of white supremacy, straight up and down. The other thing they got in common is their parasitic nature of feeding on their own people, you know, con and running game on their own people. And it's supposed to be less painful because you look like me. That fraud squad, yo, they need to be shot down. They better, I better not ever hear them talk about Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark. Brother, family, they better not do it. That's a new day and age. It's a new day and age, and you know, you know, they run around. It's a new day and age. We can't be going on that old stuff. We ain't gonna get nowhere. We don't figure out how we gonna. Man, all right. Well, we going nowhere with that. And uh, so that was that was that's what I wanted to throw in real quick. But I can't get my articles up. Well, brother, I just want to land on uh, the the comment that 
they throwing this is new stuff. We ain't going with the old stuff. That's a lie. Because this was done in 1994. What? Malisha Baz at the helm. Black Unity Nation. That was what, uh, uh, it was set off with the Black Holocaust uh, Conference. The one that everybody can see on YouTube with Dr. Khalid Muhammad. Everybody coming together. We've been running this con game before. And the outcome, the assassination of Dr. Khalid Muhammad, 2001, February the 17th. I say. Black Power, what's going on out there tonight, family? The lines is open. If y'all got any stories y'all want to put in, I'm trying to pull together some articles right now. I can't get into the, I can't get into our um, Google group right now. Um, so I know there's articles in there that I just can't pull up. But if y'all put them inside the, inside the um. If somebody whoever if somebody can put them in the chat and they talk to in the chat room, I can open them up. Maybe I'm down. But yeah, if you put them right inside the chat room, I'll be able to grab them from there. Because I can't grab them um, off of off of the Google group. The computer I'm using is a little it ain't, it ain't updated. So on the group I can't see anything. Trying to pull this article. All right. Yeah, family model. Somebody. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to know was somebody putting it in the um chat room? Oh, oh no. They try to close the National Mall, though. It seems like there might have been another fundraiser for the National Mall. You know, it's been going under construction, but they think about closing. There's an article that just came out, October 13, 2015. The uh, National Mall, uh, uh, 
Nancy Levison, editor of Places Journal, uh, says this is a remarkable place, one of the greatest public spaces in modern times, and it deserves to be repaired and restored and honored. It needs to be repaired and restored. Just think of its history of the activism that's been set, been the setting for, from suffrage marches to the bonus army to Marion Anderson to Martin Luther King to the AIDS quilt to Stuart and Colbert's rally to restore Sandy and our fear, and those are just some of the most famous events. The bad news, though, is that in many ways the National Mall is a mess. People who know it well, even those who love it, point out its problem. According to the trust, the mall is currently up against a maintenance backlog of $400 million and requires an estimated $350 million in necessary upgrades and sustainable improvements. In the face of such staggering needs, the obvious question arises, does America need a national mall anymore? God damn. What the? Oh, they said that shit need $350 million in necessary upgrades and sustainable improvements. What in the fuck? What in the hell is they about to do down there on just one strip? That's a, that's a lot of paper. So, all right. Well, the Jefferson Memorial is crumbling, thankfully. The power. <laughs> that shit crumbling. You know what I mean? Let's see what else can crumble up down there. Uh, uh, Lincoln Memorial, large gravel plaza since empty, dedicated in 1976. Uh, some of the granite walls surrounding the lake over there that started to collapse. The concrete bottom pool is covered in algae. And it's responsible for annual fish kills. Uh huh. The some of the, the trees are severely stunted and struggling to survive because of poor soil quality, inadequate drainage. Oh <laughs> uh, man, the, um, what did they say? Um, the lockkeeper's house, which oversaw the last lock on the canal that once ran down the center of Washington. It remains the oldest building still standing on the National Mall. Now says, all right, it's boarded and abandoned. Fort State was falling down. And cracked, cracked and flooded sidewalks are impassable. Damn. They if you're in a wheelchair, don't go down there if it rains. Goddamn water going to be out there. You'd be trying to swim across the goddamn sidewalk. Well, With all the technology the beast got, you would think he would be able to keep some buildings up for that's only what several decades old. That's what I was thinking, Queen. I'm like, man, this motherfucking build that shit ain't even that old. That shit ain't even that old. Mhm. See, see what happened? See now, now the black people they had, they was, they was technically sound with the work they was doing. But this is the thing. You never can get the most out of a person who was slave. See? This is how you know what no goddamn slaves in Egypt. Build no goddamn pyramids. Because we ain't get no goddamn slave to build perfection. He's slaving. You fuck that. I'm 
slack and wherever the fuck I can slack that. Hopefully this shit fall down on their head. Black power. And a nice connection, Brother Born. Real talk. No, nah, that's, that's real. You know, you just look at that. Like, mm-hmm. They're going to do it well, but not to no perfection like that. Uh-uh. But I know we're going to have to get into weekday Christianity. We're going to have to put Islam on the on the. Um, on the on the plate also. You have to put that on the plate. And uh for y'all listening. Heard the word. I heard the word that y'all motherfuckers so sucker like that y'all would be sneaky peaky calling the sister on the motherfucking line. I heard. I heard that y'all niggas so sore that y'all try to scare the sister. We know one thing. See, I, I know some shit about about sucking MCs, and I know shit about people who will do something to somebody. You want to be making all the motherfucking phone calls. And why would you call the sister first? You want to alert everybody else to the situation? No. Let the sucker shit out. Fuck your Islam. Now, find a way to call my phone. Since, since y'all motherfuckers know numbers so much. Now, motherfucking suckers. And you know, I really think it's more like some NOI type niggas or some other niggas mixed in. Some niggas love motherfucking fairy con and shit. We heard the word. And so, um, um, I don't know who Guest 7 is, but they putting some stories in the hangout, King. I mean, um, in the uh, chat room. All right, all right. I'm going to go to the chat room. Now. I'm going to go in there. All right. Um, I've seen that, too. I've seen that. That's a good article, too, Guest 7. Tamir Rice then. Yeah, let's make sure we put that in. Definitely. Brother Boy, I think I got this from you. Um, this is an article um from Anti Media, um, October the twelfth, about uh someone stuck an axe into a Crystal Cristobal Cologne statue. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, go ahead, read, 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 read that. <laughs> Did I, Did I, <laughs> this is out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, once again, it's Cristobal Cologne Day in the United States, a day that has lost much of its former prestige. Black Power on that. As of late, the holiday, as they call it, has come under increased scrutiny because of the violent and repressive actions Cristobal Colon, the monster, and his ilk wrecked upon the native population of the Americas. <clears throat> Notice we're not mentioning that, though. That's problematic. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, as we cover early today, many cities across the country are abolishing uh, 
Cristobal Colon Day altogether and replacing it with Indigenous People Day. Okay. Um, it seems an individual or a group in Detroit takes the indecency of Cristobal Colon very seriously. Seriously enough to vandalize a bust of Cristobal Colon with the axe to the forehead with fake blood spilling out. Black Power. This bust was dedicated to the city of Detroit on October the 12th, 1910, by an Italian sculptor, Augusto Revolta. Then it's located, well, no doubt, Black Power. And this was outside of Detroit's Renaissance Center. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's good you got to have symbols, see? They're symbolic. The symbolism, you got to have good symbolism. Uh-huh. That shows the cracker don't give a shit, because I know with all the information out there, because we know, you know what I'm saying, they know the truth yeah. about that about that faggoty cracker, and you know what I'm saying, they still keeping up that, holi- that, that holiday. You know what I'm saying? Just like, fuck you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Are we glad. I'm glad that they brought y'all asses over here to build this shit up for us. Mm-hmm. No, you, you, you're right about that. You're right about that. They ain't worried about that. They just put inside the thing. Uh, I wish I could find an article from the sister, though, the sister who had this call to the motherfucking school, went into the school because they had they had that um they had Africans who was over here as prisoners of war with just low paid low wage uh, workers or some shit like that underpaid workers or some shit. So you know they'll revision the history. That's why you can't trust nothing now. You don't know what year none of this stuff is. We don't even know what year it is. But little say, yo, man, you don't even know what year it is. The crackers start the year over when he started his religion. Every empire started the year. We started over right now. It started now. Right now, what time when is it? We don't know when it is. We don't even know what it is. And they tell us where we started. They trust these people. Cracker, like, yeah, we got to do have a do-over. We messed up the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do over. Oh, man. Now, we got the justice for Tamir Wright. Wow. Oh. Three reports support the police shooting of the 12-year-old boy, but reasonable actions for police are alarmingly intentionally violent. You watch the video, saw the police car raced up on Vice as he stood by gazebo. You witnessed Officer Bowser the passenger side door firing shot at Vice less than two seconds after the car stopped. You know from media reports that Vice was only 12 years old, that the weapon he was holding was actually an air assault gun replica. Based on what you have seen, you may have some doubts about the legitimacy of this shooting. But that's armchair quarterbacking. There's no way you could have known what was in the minds of the police or what they thought they saw in those few seconds that took the boat towards the gazebo, stopping 
realized that there was nothing left to do but shoot him, Rice might have been reaching for what could have been a real gun in his waistband. They had no choice. This is what FBI Special Agent Kimberly A. Crawford wrote in her review of the deadly force incident released this past weekend. It's one of the three like-minded audits, all of which were prepared for the prosecutor's office and none of which functioned as any kind of legal ruling, all of which absolved Officer Lowman by claiming that his shooting of rights was objectively reasonable. If you think it was unreasonable, well, Crawford reminds you that this type of armchair quarterbacking has no place in determining the reasonableness of an officer's use of force and exactly, and is exactly the type of analysis the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals warned against in Smith v. Freeland when it stated, we must avoid substituting our personal notions of proper police procedures for the instantaneous decision of the police officer on the scene. We must never allow the theoretical, sanitized world of our imagination to replace the dangerous and complex world that policemen face every day. Crawford's eight-page report uses little space to pick apart any theory questioning Officer Loman's right to shoot to kill. Wondering why the police didn't get warning before running roughshod across the grass and jumping out of the car gun blazing. That's insignificant to this constitutional review, writes Crawford, and besides, warnings are to be given when feasible. Wondering why the officer didn't recognize that Rice was just a kid doesn't matter, writes Crawford, because whether Rice looked his age or not is irrelevant to the determination of the reasonableness of officer, officer, or officer, officer Lowman's action. What, what all of this really boils down to is training. The police are trained to, to respond the way they did, according to Crawford. The way that police gauge whether someone is a threat is different from the way a civilian might. This means that while other people were able to engage nonviolently with rights on the afternoon of November 22nd without feeling threatening, police only had one option, gunfire. Does this motherfucker just say that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me reread that. This means that other people were able to engage nonviolently with rights. On the afternoon of November 22, 2014, without feeling threatened, police only have one option, gunfire. According to an investigative review from S. Lamar Sims, a deputy district attorney from Denver, one of the witnesses and arts and crafts teachers at the rec center walked up to Rice that afternoon and talked to him, even though she initially thought the gun was real. She was looking at Rice through a civilian's eyes on. She, she had been a trained officer. Had she been a trained officer, she would have known that Rice couldn't be talked to because he was a threat, and hence on the spot, shooting was necessary to stop the threat. Hold up. Age ain't nothing but a number either because, according to Crawford, law enforcement training often incorporates lessons designed to dispel the notion that minors are harmless. Perhaps you're thinking that the cops could have merely tased Rice or just shot him in the arm or leg to avoid killing him. Nope, writes Crawford. The quickest, most efficient, and practical way for a law enforcement officer to forcibly bring about a timely halt to threatening action is to deprive the subject's brain of the oxygen necessary to continue the conscious action. Because, because oxygen is carried to the brain by blood, law enforcement officers are trained to aim for the center mass where most of the blood-bearing organs are located. Attempts to incapacitate 
by shooting the subject in the arm or leg are, are not only impractical, they are contrary to universal law enforcement training. All right. Maybe you're thinking this kind of training basically assures the police will cause deadly problems. And, and, uh, um, and yeah, you might think that this is called deadly problem. You'll be absolutely correct. The whole point of police training rights corporate drawn from a 1994 Plakesburg-Trinsky case where a federal court in Indiana found that cops are not required to use the least lethal weapon, are not required to use the least lethal means of de-escalating the situation, nor does it matter what they did in the lead-up to the situation, even though those things might have been exacerbating rather than helpful. In this sense, the police always cause the trouble, said in the court. Said in the court. In this sense, the police always cause the trouble, said the court in the Plotters versus Drinsky decision. But it's trouble with the police officer. But but it is trouble which the police officer is sworn to cause, which society pays him to cause, which have kept within constitutional limits. Society praises the officer for causing. What in the fuck? Yo, the shit I'm reading it right, and the shit reading is so bogged out to me that it's. it's it's one of the things that you know, it's hard for me to believe that I'm reading it. But this is this is the court. This is what the court's saying, and this is this is what the judge is saying. The judge is saying, in this sense, the police always cause trouble. Said the court in the Plonkers versus Drinsky decision. Now, this is another quote from the court, but it is trouble which the police officer is sworn to cause, which society pays him. The calls in which, if kept within constitutional limits, society praises the officer for causing. What in the fuck? All right. Corporate wrote that there are two universal concepts when it comes to all law enforcement training. Threat identification and action versus reaction. A number of police reform groups from Ferguson to the White House would argue that what's left out of these universal concepts is the ability to determine when a person's skin color colors one identification of the threat. All right, the White House Task Force police spoke to this in its final report issued this year saying, all human beings have biases or prejudices as a result of their experiences, and these biases influence how they might react when dealing with unfamiliar people or situations. An explicit bias is conscious bias about a certain population based upon race, gender, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, and other attributes. Common sense shows that explicit bias is incredibly damaging to police-community relations, and there is a growing body of research evidence that shows that implicit bias, the biases people are not even aware they have, is harmful as well. To To achieve legitimacy, mitigating implicit bias should be a part of training at all levels of law enforcement organizations to increase awareness and ensure respectful encounters both inside the organization and with communities. Police are only as violent as they are trained to be. A racial, 
police are only as violent as they are trained to be. If racial bias is ignored in those trainings, then yes, it's perfectly reasonable by those standards for young black men to be killed by police. Even in situations where civilians have been able to engage with them nonviolently. Crawford points out that human beings are not born recon- recognizing a threat. It is something that must be learned. This is true, and unfortunately, America has spent a really long time learning and accepting uh, that black people are more threatening than others. This is a brown, but we know what we're talking about. Now, this was, uh, this is very eye opening. I think. Um, oh, somebody could snatch that article and put that in the in the group. I think that's a very interesting article. So the court is saying some very listen, the court is saying some very shocking things. Listen. Crawford, right? See, this is this means that every encounter, man, every encounter, seeing that. Listen, every encounter you deal with them, you're subject to be killed no matter what type of motherfucking situation it is. And their job is to kill you. Because so states that the quickest and most efficient and practical way for a law enforcement officer to forcibly bring about a timely halt to threatening actions. Now, what's a threatening action? Anything they deem is threatening. Anything they deem is threatening is threatening. You know what I'm saying? I thought he had a gun. He came at me. I thought he was coming at me. That's a threat. Any threatening action, you raise your voice. You said shit. This some bullshit. Bah, bah, bah. He threatened. He threatened action. He said it was bullshit all of a sudden. You know, from that point, I felt like he was going to do something to me. And they say, uh, threatening action. Hold up. A practical way for a law enforcement officer to forcibly bring about a timely halt to threatening action is to deprive the subject's brain of the oxygen necessary to continue conscious action. Right? Now, because oxygen is carried to the brain by blood, law enforcement officers are trained to aim for center mass where most of the blood-bearing organs are located. They train to aim for your heart. We train to aim for the heart. Shoot for the heart, man. We want you to die. We do not want nothing else. Nothing else. Of my man, I got a homeboy right now, man. Got shot in the chest by the cops. Bullet just inches away from his heart. Bullet just inches away from his heart. And he end up he end up catching the case. He was in the car. He ended up catching the case. Cops shoot him, and he ended up catching the damn case, getting locked up behind the case on that, on some bullshit. Came home, then beat trial, then they retrying him right now. So, you know, this is the type of shit that we're dealing with. So Black Power, anybody want to add on anything about the article?
Uh, proof that we're not citizens. We, we we don't need no more proof. I mean, this is a 12-year-old child. I done seen enough videos where damn beast is, uh, got a gun pointed to the cops. I saw one not too long ago. All these cops out there, and they managed to shoot the gun out of his hand. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a child. How you a grown ass supposed to be me and you threatened by a child? You know you were threatened by. It was his blackness. Come on now. It was his blackness, see? God's threatening you. It ain't your brownness, it's your blackness. You know what I mean, see blackness show through and this is a whole nother different thing. You know blackness when you that's why they be trying to say the black and the brown, because they know a Mexican ain't black. It's something different. And you might be the same complexion as a Mexican. But your ass is, you black, you black. A Mexican is a Mexican. That's, a, that's not you. Neanderthal is a Neanderthal, no matter what color. And an African is an African, no matter what color. And they're using the law, they law, to, to make it legal to murder a, a 12-year-old black child in the street, outside playing. You know, that's that's my only issue with that law shit because they they law don't mean a goddamn thing on a piece of paper that is written on when it comes to our people. It never has. And so now they're making legal rationale now to counter the law, to counter the 14th, uh, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment and bring it right back on our ass. Mm-hmm. I only think I think they just want us to be fully aware again of exactly what situation we in. I mean, they like hold up, these people just they must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot what y'all dealing with. And you know, we got to reopen your eyes to who you dealing with, what kind of people we are. We don't got no care for you at all, and we gonna put you up under the goddamn up under the ground as soon as possible. Try to mix your babies in with with the rest of these jokers and build one big mixed pot. And we're gonna have white folk, Jews, and then we're gonna have the rest of y'all. That's why we shouldn't be trying to build these alliances, these integrative alliances. Nah, man, let them stand on their own, man. If y'all say that y'all got the same enemy, then go ahead attack the enemy. We straight look, man. We attacking the enemy. That's aligned enough. We united enough on that. If you say that that's the beast, then get on it. Get on it. We get on it from our side. You get on it from your side. Uh, I mean, no, we don't need to get on it together from the same side. Now, we, we need our space. Wow. Oh, man. But seriously, um... Out on that assembly. Yes, sir. You know, the motherfucking cracker beast cops is a white supremacist fraternal order. So it doesn't matter if he was five years old, ten years old, twelve years old, or eighty or ninety years old. It doesn't matter if it's male or female, as long as it's not them, 
They have a fraternal order that they're bound by to stick together to go out and kill. Before they even get out their vehicle, they've already made it up in their mind that they're going to kill you just based on the fact that you are what you are. That's never going to change until we get rid of these motherfuckers. Black power, King. Damn. Um. The article is this right here. Um, draw hill to edit textbooks that refer to slaves as workers. Yeah, there you go. Yes, Ace, thank you very much. Last week, Houston area mother Ronnie Dean Berman vented her frustration on Facebook over the wording of a passage in her son's rural geography textbook. The book called African Slaves in the United States Workers and Immigrants. Dean Berman's post and correspondent video have since attracted an immense amount of feedback drawing millions of eyes on Facebook. McGraw-Hill has now responded to this outcry concluding that the wording does not live up to the publisher's standards. What the? All right, somebody got to get McGraw-Hill. We got to find out McGraw-Hill. We need to know everything going down. Initially, McGraw-Hill released a statement saying that it intended to change the online version of the book immediately. Dean Byrne combated this argument that most schools don't use online versions, that the current print version have not changed will remain in the libraries and classrooms for the next 8 to 10 years. McGraw-Hill then issued a statement saying that it will, in fact, be changing the wording in the book's next print, and the company also offering supplements to be inserted in the current books. There are so many issues with this wrongly worded passage. The classification of slaves as immigrants and workers not only completely diminishes the horrific nature of the malicious institution, but it incorrectly depicts the relationship between African slaves and the Europeans that are already settled in America. The very relationship that has resulted in a skewed perception and discrimination that Africans continue to struggle with today. The passage also goes into detail about the arrival of other Europeans who come to work as indentured service for little or no pay, while there's very little mention about African status as slaves. Yo, uh, D. Berry called this characterization of slavery within the passage as erasure. African slaves that migrated as a textbook described during the Atlantic slave trade between the 14th and 17th centuries were not workers. They were brutally kidnapped and taken from their homes against their will, treated like animals and torn apart from their families and brought to foreign land as less than human. Um, the significance of this issue goes beyond honoring the lives um, of these prisoners of war and the generations that have followed them. Students need to know that the world has been what the world has been through in order to make informed decisions later in life. They need to know that we once lived in a world where being a person of color or a different religion or even being a woman meant that you were less of a person. McGraw-Hill should be doing more to remedy this issue within this passage of his textbook. The ramifications can be a lot worse than it thinks. 
Oh, McGraw Hill. Let me see who these crackers is here. Let's see who McGraw Hill is. Let's see. Well, I know I hear they the uh one of the main uh makers of the of the college tape books. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know they made the uh the the element the regular school textbooks too, but shit, I know for a fact that's what they do. And the yeah. motherfucking books be full of lies. You know it? And then they tell us we need to just trust you. Nah, 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 nah. That's not what I want to see. I want to, I want to grow hell. I need to know who. Chatroom Brother Born that is owned by Bowen, but it don't say who the CEO is and shit. And I'm wondering if that's Bowen, the uh, military giant, you know, the contractor, the airplanes, all that shit. Yeah. You know, McGraw-Hill McGraw is probably their last names. That's probably the, the people yeah. who probably came stabbed on the book last names, so it wouldn't be hard to find them. Yeah, you know, McGraw-Hill, though, they they financial they some financial um, leading providers of rating benchmarks and analytics in the global capital and commodity markets also, and then you got McGraw Hill Education, leading provider of customized and adaptive digital learning solutions. I just clicked at a regular site, McGrawHill.com. Guess they can put in here now that uh, David Levin is the CEO. Oh, that's a small hat. Yeah. That's a hat. That's a hat right there. We didn't want. We didn't want to make sure it was a hat. We don't want to, you know. Yeah, David Levin, that's the CEO. Yeah. Look, oh, they put hat on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hat right there. So the hat, the hat is on it. Hmm. So the, yeah, this is what we always been saying that they control the fucking education. They control what we what we, what we get in the curriculum. You know what I mean? So you wonder why people pushing this all out of Africa theory. You wonder why they pushing this evolution? Because it's like he got an agenda to make sure see that Jew. He's got an agenda to make sure we think that we some type of animal and that he is the most evolved type of motherfucker on the planet he God chose. And they're using that goddamn Bible to wrap people's head up because, see, we we looking at Bible over here, see, we starting to shake it off, but he, it's starting to, it's, got, it's, it's having new birth in, all of, in, in other parts of the world that ain't never had it, who just now started really, Getting real contact with the white man. You get real contact with the white man. All of a sudden, you got to get some of that Bible, because what it tells you, what happens is you looking at them and they like, you like, damn. They seem like they got it all. 
all of what they got. How they getting it? They got God too? What they got? Jesus? We need Jesus too. Damn, 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 what we got. What we got must not be worth nothing because they saying it ain't worth nothing. They saying we need what they got. It looks like they got something. It's shiny. That's what they got us stuck at with that shit. It's shiny trenches. So watch the hat. Thank you, guys, eight for that, David Levin. Probably was Levi before. Let's change his name. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Our revolutionary comrades passed away. Oh, oh man. The elder who was locked up. Yeah, I know y'all out there ready to vote for Donald Trump, and it's owned by Boeing. Yeah, anything owned by Boeing, as you were saying, Sister Camille, that's all military. So you know who, who, what better hands would the education be in but the military? Like that'd be number, that'd be, uh, you know, why not? Like that's that's a perfect place to have it in the military because that, they the ones. They the ones who who controlling the people. They the ones who want to be in control of the military. Like, listen, man, we got the guns, so we need to be controlling everything. Mm-hmm. We need to let you know what whether you need. Be, um, whether it be the uh, what happened this past weekend, or whether it be this uh, upcoming election, one thing is clear: if you see the patterns, there's a large number of people who are dependent were very dependent upon our people staying ignorant to a lot of things, mainly history. Mm-hmm. Only you can pull for a farce like what's going on regarding um, the moves that's been made, uh, you know, speaking on the present, you know, what happened this weekend and so forth. But there's a large number of people, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to here, there's a large number of people who are very dependent who, who are, are a lot of our people being misguided, misinformed, and really living in the fairy tale regarding history. And you can tell by the discussion that they choose to talk about 
the atonement type of, you know, lecture or whatnot, you know, you got all them black people and I'm talking about Farrakhan now. I haven't seen the shit, but I, you know, I didn't have to see it. I already kind of felt the outcome. But every time you have an event like that, it's a new culture that they're going to bring in. And y'all pretty much broke it down. It's the 2016 multi-culture. Yeah. 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 That new culture to come in, like we were talking about, that's that 20 years. You know, 20 years later, that's a whole new generation. You can indoctrinate with a new thing. And so they indoctrinate them with this uh, multiculturalism, this one creed, one people, one, we, we the one, 99%, we the one, one, we all together, we the one together. So this creating a rift. And this creating a rift because, as you said, for those who are not historically astute, you know, and it causes them to decide or uh, to go along with agendas that they just, you know, you got no, you got no way to know what's happening. I mean, mean that, brother Born, and um, I feel good to be on on the ground radio because um, got a lot of things, man. You know. The march on Washington and Malcolm spoke about, you know, that's the whole agenda in regards to no one is standing firm on anything except over here. Everybody's taking the bait. When I mean when I say taking the bait, meaning just jumping on shit, just jumping on shit, supporting shit that they really have no overstanding about. You know what I mean? That's what's really what's going on as well. And that's where that, that, that like I said earlier, that dependency. They dependent. They, a lot of, there's a large group of our, our people who look like me and you are very dependent on our people not waking up to a lot of information. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're out of jobs and they will be, they will not have significant functioning of their titles. That that was the whole, you know. It it, it was like I watched that propaganda DVD. I mean, a, a video last night. You know, just to suck it up one more time and shit. And the freedom of else was just like a Nike slogan. Just do it. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean shit. Another uh, uh, a meaningless slogan, political slogan. And, and when next weekend take place, ain't shit gonna be. You know, nobody right now even remember what the fuck what was the most meaningful moments that the minister or any speaker out there was talking about. It was nothing enduring, nothing everlasting, nothing structured regarding program. Nothing organized regarding in terms of reality. It was fairy tale. If we only would just get on the ship, and if we would just follow these white man laws a lot better, we would have a lot easier. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, I'm calling niggas names out because the, 
Only way this shit could take place is because motherfuckers ain't saying nothing. These niggas ain't qualified to speak for us. Uh, polite. Them niggas ain't qualified to talk for us. Melissa Farrakhan ain't qualified to talk for us. Black power. Them niggas are, none of them niggas are qualified to, to speak for our behalf because them niggas' foundation is questionable. Can't beat what the fuck's a black conservative or a black capitalist. That's a neo-colonialist to me. Colonialist, yeah. What you seen was the grand dear meeting of a bunch of neo-colonialists. No fucking accountability. I heard Brother Tim. I see Shaka put that video up, too. Shaka put that video up about motherfucking white nigga in the NOI. But no accountability. You can't even question the motherfucking rules that's going on in this organization. Two big, the white boy with two big niggas, too. Two big niggas in a suit. He had a red bow tie on. Mm-hmm. What the fuck going on there? That's Already, you don't got, you don't nobody can't nobody check Farrakhan. You don't got no checks and balances, man. Ain't about Farrakhan. Ain't about Farrakhan. <laughs> you ain't see the big picture. It is not about Farrakhan. All you gotta do is follow the money trail. Who was the big supporters of all this shit? Y'all watch the show C-SPAN. Who was the main... Who y'all see? You was just talking about... Uh, uh, right now, you was just talking about where the money was going. Oh, nah, you know who... Well, I don't know what C-SPAN showed, because I didn't see that. Because I was watching what you call a drink. I was watching the... the United States our military. But, you know, that's definitely who who's definitely funding everything. That's the money. You're not going to have no event at, at, in Washington, D.C., and you're not going to have no 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 mass police presence there. No, you, you see what I'm saying? The police was there in mass. You could see them all through the back. You, you can't go... You can't be inside of Washington, D.C. with no type of trouble talk where you want to do nothing, you, you're not going to get no permit to come in here talking about justice or else we're going to do something. That's what I'm talking about. Since 9-11, I keep naming uh, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, 9-11. Not, not, not the, not the, the Code 45, 19 I'm talking about 9-11. <laughs> Since 9-11, the Patriot Act, shit has shifted up. You can't just be meeting in public and having them type of functions. And, and, and if it does, it has to be in coordinates with the Patriot Act. Because any type of any type of talk like that is a motherfucking you or goddamn terrorist. You can't tell no terroristic threat, no shit like that. You can it ain't it ain't the, the terrorist talk. It's you organizing that big and large numbers on the nation's capital. No, that's what I'm saying. Anything like that, that's that's all that shit is terrorism now. And the Patriot Act, all that shit terrorism. Like you can't come with them them type of numbers. Oh hell no, nigga! That's terrorist act. You shutting down streets, all that shit. Anything that when anything that 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 stops normal flow of any type of daily activity up under the Patriot Act can be considered a terroristic act. And bringing uh, bringing any type of numbers like that to a motherfucking DC is a terroristic act. So you're gonna have to have it. 
You don't have to have the big dogs on high approve of this. Not just some brother went down there and brought him and brought the petition and he got the house. How you get the house and the Senate to agree to this? We're gonna let Farrakhan, who everybody wanna see they on Fox, all that shit talking shit about him. He ain't worth shit. He hate white people, He's trying to kill us all. And he gets a goddamn permit. It wasn't just for that million dollars that the permit cost. Oh, what's going on, family? Sorry to just chime in like that. This is Dawn. Um, if y'all noticed, like, leading up to that, there was a lot of pictures posted loping around on Facebook with Farrakhan chilling with the police, having prayers and all that with the police and all that shit. If you having prayers with the people that you're actually talking about, of course they're going to let you go up because they know you ain't really about shit. They know you full of shit. He, put, he showed all the signs that he was full of shit. So I don't, I mean, it's quite obvious why they let him give him his permits yeah. and all that. That was an excellent point on, on you know, it, it is, it's the military complex that made, made sure that that went off. Because D.C. is, that, that shit is a lockdown city. Like, you go there on just a regular day, and you're seeing, that, you're seeing the military out there. There's regular, there's regular business day. They out there. To add to Brother Minkara's point, I shared a video with the family, which shocked me. You know, I have a lot to learn still. Um, It was a video of... Um, the military, service, uh, armed services of the military, set up at the where the march was Saturday to get people to come. You know how they had these shit set up for you to come and join? They out there with assault, ill military weaponry, and in the video there's uh, Unk, the so-called God killer, and the pimp named Polite, with the, and it's a cracker behind there in his military uniform, and they up there playing with the guns, this and this and that. Like, what's wrong with that motherfucking picture? How it don't, don't, I don't know how it didn't hit them. I don't understand that. I can't, I'm still trying to deal with that visual that, or at justice, justice or else, called by the Farrakhan and, and, and the so-called nation that's all that and all this, you got the motherfucking enemy military set up on the grounds to con our people to come in, and they got all kind of weaponry on display. And then you got these niggas, which he mentioned before. They, they These niggas, niggas like Unk and Polite, the pimp named Polite, play on our people ignorance. It's necessary for them. That's a dis damn that's a dis yo, it's a disgrace. You gotta see the video. It it's only about two minutes. But it's enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can only get people to come up under somebody who who don't get checked, man. Some don't never get checked. And so they use them they use them out there because can't nobody check them. Nobody can't say nothing to them. He the almighty. His word is the word. So, you know what I mean? When you, when, so they dangle him out there in front of us. He, he can say anything that he want to say. So, you know, you be encapsulated. He's like, oh, yeah, this is this is wonderful. You know what I mean? He's talking the talk. 
but only because you're allowed to. You've got to be allowed to talk that shit. They don't have no excuse, though, right? They're supposed to be historians, right? Unc is supposed to be black African power. He don't know the role of the traitor Farrakhan with Malcolm X, with Dr. Khalid Muhammad. He don't know that. Uh, the phenom don't know that. The role of the bastard? Huh? Your enemy grounds, and you out there with the enemy, playing with the gun, straight cooning it, yo, man. Hey, hold up, were... All right, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I know you're telling this. I know you're not lying. I know you're not. In the hangout, can you take a hot two minutes? Not even. I know, you, I know you're not lying. Yeah. They even got a short 15 second drink where they just showing them holding up the guns all posted up and all that bullshit. King, now I know where the guns came from in that one. I've seen that one too. Right off the cracker table. Yep. What the fuck kind of shit was going on with? What do you mean? Wait, hold on. What do y'all mean the, the, there was guns? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Paint this picture for me. Because what, from what I'm hearing y'all saying, and so I just want to be corrected after I finish saying this. From what I'm hearing y'all saying, there was military with a, with a display doing recruitment, but also with military hardware being displayed. And... And Unc, he for uh, handling the military weaponry. Exactly. He still got the camouflage joint in, in, in his hand and shit. While Polite got some other black shit and the other two dudes got some other big shit. All military grade off. And, and this at the march. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Somebody came in. I think y'all got something going on in your background, but that's that. That. That don't sound. Hey, you know. Alright. Don't compromise. Compromise. You know what I mean? You gotta. You gotta hold your. your gotta hold your ground. Brother Bourne, you kind of breaking up. Uh, all right, you got me now. I say. I think somebody, somebody lying, somebody lying funny. <clears throat> I don't know who lying. I think that was somebody lying was coming in. It was, it was breaking the sound up. Well, yeah, somebody just joined. Yeah, who's that? Tad Renrud. Your line, whoever that is, you got to mute your line, man, because your line is very, very choppy. It's messing up the sound. All right, done. All right. When you want to say something, you can come back in. But um, in the meantime, between time, you have to mute yourself because... 
But um, the, the line is open, Brother Cause. I'll see you back out there. in Islam and we know that these niggas only own a fucking restaurant in Chicago long as they've been there the question has to be asked them niggas can't even finance that type of event would you agree if you ever watched nothing what Dr. Clark said the one thing I thought was interesting what Dr. Clark said you know we and then he pretended to call her Malcolm. Well, he was a police informer. Y'all didn't hear Malcolm? I mean, uh, Dr. Clark make, put that out there? That's what I said. Yeah, informant. Why would Dr. Clark say that? Look at, look how, you know, let's, 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 we know about calling him Malcolm. But look at the shady business practices that the nation's been practicing. The states to still stay afloat. You remember when Steve Coakley was going over uh, the assassinated Martin King Jr.? He was going over the finances and the money that was given to the Rainbow Coalition and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers weren't even looking into the same shit the, the nation was getting. The nation got paid very well this weekend. Now, you saying that that's how when Wolf Dean Muhammad and they brought Jim Jones in. That's, that's that was when they went ahead and went all the way in with the plan on the restructuring of the nation. And Farrakhan was when he came back and brought it back. He was a he was a lead agent on the job. He was a lead agent on the job. But what now, I say that. Why would I say that? And why are niggas looking for the nation? Islam has been a revolutionary group. When the foundation teachers tell you that Laz Muhammad, even when Laz Muhammad was running it, he taught them not to break the law. Exactly. It's Ahmadiyya Islam. He taught them not to break the law, to be up. So I don't know why people are looking for some revolutionary change when these niggas are up, up, uh, uh, up, <laughs> upholding <laughs> citizens who support the police. Who for the past thirty years been getting contracts for top notch motherfuckers for money? Yep. That's the point I'm talking about. These niggas are a security company. Yeah, exactly. Niggas forgot that they were providing security for Michael Jackson before that passed. They always around money and controversy. And don't and don't never get don't never. You know, I just seen all the black organizations just get the guilty by association treatment thrown in the box. You know what I'm saying? They never get, they never get, they never get that treatment. Uh, but so you write about that security thing. They do security for a lot of fucking celebrities. You see, in a while, not even just boxing, all type of sports, sporting um celebrities and athletes, all type of shit. In a while, be in there. They got a racket on that. 
You see him with um, you see him with uh, they be with Will Smith. And like you said, they see him with Mike. They were security for Wesley Snipes at a point in time. The security they did security for Eddie Murphy, and did security for Snoop. Now they was doing security for Death Row Records. They plugged in. But you gotta when you when you you can recognize them being an FBI uh group or that somehow the penetration had to be on high from just the whole program. The whole program is exactly what the Cornell Pro program said that it is supposed to be. A self help group. Nation don't even, the nation just don't get celebrity contracts. They get contracts for political motherfuckers too. But they change uniform when they do for political motherfuckers. You wouldn't even know they wear blue ties. They don't wear bow ties. Majority of them niggas are off duty cops. That's why they be staying clean shaven like that. That's why I could have never been in the nation because I got some hair on my foot, but them niggas stay clean shit like the police. What's the look at look at all this shit that's been going on with our community, man, and motherfuckers should not be surprised. Why well, why well, well, surprised why did Ray Hagan choose the nation of Islam the debate to, to back out? Well, why would Sonetta go down there and support Farrakhan and Nation Islam after what happened with the why? They all brothers. That's what I'm saying. Masonic tied also. All them fraternal oath keepers and oath takers. I bet you Ray Hagen's was down there. <laughs> you should not be surprised at the point I'm saying regarding these niggas is <laughs> We're dealing with charlatans of the highest order. I'm a police informant, my nigga in red, black, and green, trying to infiltrate red, black, and green uh, organization. That's what we're talking about. Around the same time, Jade. That, that, that was my whole part. I, I think niggas caught this shit. Y'all heard shit about Jade Helen, right? Jay, how? They was just supporting this whole shit. They was there getting co-intelligence information on every motherfucker that was down there. Yeah, Jay. Oh. That was the whole point. You ever see, like, fan movies? And when the fans crack your ass, they always go, like, to your wedding films or they go to your holiday films. Shit that you record that got all your fucking organizational members in there under the guise of a celebration, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the fuck that was. Right. I say, uh, thank you. Look. What's your name? Let me get your card. They got, except the real niggas, the real niggas who didn't go down there knew, knew what the fuck was up. You know what I'm saying? They got all that paperwork, all that shit, all the flight numbers, everybody who came in. They got your train ticket motherfucking numbers. They got your goddamn debit card number when you swiped it. They got every fucking body. You, 
every donation you vote your fucking name down, you want to be counted. Yeah, all right then. Okay. We got all y'all after. And like you said, we got the pictures. We got film with all of y'all. We got film with you. We got 200 pictures of you that you, you would have never thought we caught 200 pictures in two minutes. You and every fucking body who was around you. And the role of the nation of Islam is to be police informants in regards to appealing to the most militant grassroots niggas in the movement. And they, and they never give them an outlet to, to, to get the revolutionary out. They give them discipline. They give them morality. They give them religion. And they give them a job policing their own. That's it. Yeah. So when you're going down there, you're like, yeah, listen, you got niggas down there. Yeah, you can't be. You gotta watch who you be talking to them nowadays, man. You can't be just talking like, yeah, this kid is cracking stuff. That nigga's a police informant right there. They had that shit in Ferguson. Motherfuckers posing. Mm-hmm. They were red, black, and green, willing to meet up with you. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll bring some guns and everything. I don't see looking like some Texas Rangers type shit. These niggas go. Niggas gotta see the type of shit coming. The Nation of Islam is an infiltration group. That's bottom line. I don't care what a nigga say. I don't care what nobody say. That's been their whole role. Why am I saying that? Because they track record as an organization and how long they've been able to survive with they with what the shit. They they talk so controversial, but they did they support the police. He's too radical and in too much in the boundaries to do anything. He's a fucking oxymoron. He's he's that, that, that shit shows you the, the hypocrisy of religion and politics, really. That's all that fuck that was. Religion and politics, one-on-one. That's what the fuck that was. Hmm. Double talk all day long. <laughs> Only way you can be susceptible to that shit if you don't know history. So what everybody had in common there was motherfuckers looking for an escape from this reality. Feel good talk. You know. For got to got to experience the lie of multiculturalism for half a day, and then Saturday Sunday morning check right their ass back into the, the system of racism again. That's just an escape, man. You know what I mean? That's just you know. <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. I'm not surprised. I'm really not. You know what I mean? And no one's gonna tell nigga. No one's gonna hold nigga accountable for nothing because no one went down there for anything accountable. Because motherfuckers running from responsibility. That's bottom line. Well, you know, I figured out what the or else was. I, I missed it the first time. But he said, "We want justice or else we gonna boycott Santa Claus and tell our kids about Jesus." The real Christ. I missed it the first time, but then that's what he said. And we don't get justice as we boycotting Santa Claus. And it really just showed niggas ain't ready to deal with niggas ain't ready for revolution. Niggas ready for in the niggas want to accept integration. Niggas want a, a position in this white society. Like the nigga from Matrix and shit. I don't want to remember nothing. I want to be important. I make good money. I don't remember nothing though. Cause God protect fools and babies. <laughs> so I don't want to know. 
Well, nigga, stop rocking pyr- anything dealing with Egypt, nigga, because it was intelligent motherfuckers who built the pyramids. Smarty arty niggas built the pyramids. You know what I'm saying? What no dumbass niggas who, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't going to pray and build no pyramid. That takes science. That takes motherfuckers. Organized thoughts takes experimentation. Take niggas trial and error, goddammit. Take effort. Mm-hmm. But it take one thing, intelligence. You either have it or you don't. You, you either in search of it or you not. I watched that propaganda shit. The motherfucker said, uh, 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 to the to the common people, religion is true. To the wise, it's a lie. To the what people in power, it's useful. <laughs> the whole system of white supremacy is based off your ignorance. The history. You definitely played on that. What got played on? They give you a fucked up history. Have you believe? You know, we, this is the best we've ever been. Was hmm. right here in America. And I'm an American. There are black people who will fight you, will fight the claim of being American and will deny their African history. That was that whole thing on March on Washington was to prove how American niggas were, not African. So we went to Washington. Them niggas going to sound like, them niggas going to sound like, remember you niggas seen Boondocks? With what pops name in there, Freeman? They always, they showed him as a civil rights activist and shit. And that's how he, that's what them niggas gonna be. Them niggas gonna have a story for their grandchildren. Yeah, I remember in 2015, I went down there to Washington. I was a civil rights activist. I said, I seen Farrakhan. I, I sat right there next to him, you know, and they gonna be $5. You know, that type of shit, man. Come on. I was at the Million Mark, Mark, Fall Father. Man, try the big and the best. Niggas didn't go down there looking for results. Niggas went there for bragging rights just to say I went. Yeah, I went to be unified. I went. We sure. didn't want to come be unified with us. Nigga, come on, man. We're going to go to D.C. and we got to put it on the white man doorstep. You're going to go there the day they off? If you're going to put it on the doorstep, how come you ain't get that pass on at least Friday? Bible Maddox said the best. White man only understand what uh, 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 legal law, goddamn military, or science. Malcolm X, both. That's why his shit is so prevalent now. Well, like, damn near 40, what was it? Yeah, 65, 75, 85, 95. Goddamn 40 years later, shit's still relevant regarding the... He's still able to give you a good forecast of the political nature regarding our people and how they deal with us. Mm-hmm. From filibustering to how they're going to buy your leaders out, the tactics they're going to use. They're gonna, the first thing they're going to do is throw money at the problem. And that's when your so-called leaders going to all scramble for the money <laughs> through slander. 
that's the whole thing. That's the new. If y'all was looking, I ain't watched the shit because I, you know. But it, it, that was the new big six there. Farrakhan, losing ass lawyer who ain't got no cases. Uh, uh, uh. David. Whoever got to talk, goddammit. Probably was six people who got to talk, part of two. Doug Davis, Nunu, I mean, what's his name? Nuri, Nuri, Davis, Benjamin Crump, Barry Kahn, uh, who else got to talk? Uh, then the, then the, uh, then one of Elijah's sons talk. Yeah. It's my Al. He's supposed to be the next leader. And somebody else, who else got to speak up there? There's another, uh, there was two other, Reverend Willie Wilson was up there. Um, I thought I thought I heard Reverend Willie Wilson running around with facts. I'm going to have to check on that. And Reverend, Reverend, Pastor, uh, Preacher Jamal, what's his name, Jamal Bryant. Pastor Preacher Jamal Bryant was there. Now, y'all see the pattern? Y'all see the pattern of, of leaders? Margaret Sanger said the the, uh, the black minister would be the best one to help us administrate our motherfucking position. Then he said, why do motherfuckers have to have a background and, 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 and pastor this, ministry that? Mm-hmm. There was a gang of them up there, a gang of ministers. Come to think about it. It was a gang of ministers up there, reverends and ministers. One, two, three, one, two. One. They there to tell us to pray for our enemy. They there to fuck up our morality, to confuse our morality, to confuse us with what the fuck we know is good and what the fuck we know is bad. That's the that's the role. And you should do it. You pray for them. So you had militant niggas out there and was ready to bust a motherfucker head, but then some son of a minister, a minister's son, we're not here for that, brother. Turn up. Sound like Dr. King or some shit. Nigga, Yo. that shit don't apply to us. Yo, ten. Ten of the speakers up here, on, ten of the speakers just me thinking back right now, ten of them was either reverend, ministers, pastors, or preachers. Definitely. And that's over half of the people who was up there. At least 10 of them, though, at the least was 10. Oh, that's exactly what they was. Coming in with it. And one of the jokers came in and gave, uh, was doing uh, 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 shit, libations, right? You know, people be pouring to the ancestors, and this motherfucker gave thanks for the LGBTQ community. Mm. At the beginning. Got to shout out to you. Got you got to shout out to sponsors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, the LGBTQ community. I like to give them some some old dumb shit. I see. Pour the water in there. Oh. Jeez. But I heard somebody did it, but I didn't. I had seen it, so I went back and I looked and seen it. So far the hand go. Every every organization that donated to that motherfucking march that wasn't black show you that even you know everybody's investing in making sure we stay disunified and asleep and asleep. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of saying niggas just out here, man. 
you know, I'm not going to say black people not getting along. I'm going to say it's a lot of motherfucking people putting their money and research and making sure we stay disunified and ignorant. Right. And the proof is in the pudding. You know, you would just, if you was a good investor you was, or a good sponsor, you would say, hey, man, let them have their blood. They need to heal. They need to get their shit apart. But that's not what the investment money was for. The investment money was to do the opposite. So you're going to see, you know what I mean? Only, only motherfucker, you know, somebody mentioned the white, you know, we were talking about the white nigga in the part. That'll show you something. Why did he have to be there on that day, all days, in the public, in uniform? He's made donations to the organization. You can't beat them, join them. When you join them, you become a part of it and you control it. And that's what's going on. The motherfuckers, motherfuckers don't keep their eyes on what's going on, man. They they watering this movement there. We relevant. We relevant like a motherfucker. We have never been more relevant now than ever because the timing. You would have heard about the March on Washington, twenty years anniversary, like three years ago. You see what I'm saying? This was some last minute out the box shit that was really planned this year in light of all the shit that's been happening with the motherfuckers murdering our family, right? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Not even with this. If this, was, if this event was centered on him uh, finishing the work he started from the next and the last March of 95, you would have heard this shit two, three years in the making. Don't forget, we, it's the 20-year anniversary. No, this was the last minute this year's shit. I say. Mm-hmm. Ten, ten, fifteen. That's some symmetry for you. You know, you would think all them niggas who study numbers, numerology, would be going crazy over that shit, huh? Ten, ten, fifteen, nigga. What the fuck? Or was it one of the date? You also see that with the fact that there was no real plan. I mean, twenty year anniversary. You should. They should have had a real structured plan on what happened in '95 what didn't happen, and how they was going to approve on that. You ain't hear none of no type of stuff like that because they just trying to get some bread, period. I'm lying. I'm on fucking Google Plus. Some idiot going to post some shit like, don't watch the BET Music Awards since they couldn't film the March on Washington. Just show you how irrelevant that shit was. C-SPAN probably showed the shit because anything that's political and anything that's on the White House line the motherfuckers going broadcast. But as much as Black Lives Matter is in the bed with BET, you would think they would have, uh huh. You know, Brother Mikram, I had to watch that documentary again myself. And um, one of the things that they pointed out, you know, they said, um, talking about the North Koreans who did this documentary that, uh, you know, this uh, white racist society is, um, this is a culture of death. And it's rooted in the Bible. God and country are an unbeatable team. 1% control the 99% with religion and decide what the people know about their past. The rewriting of history. And, and that's one of the things that took place, uh, Saturday, shameful rewriting, which uh, Baba Maddox broke down 
on the show Sunday regarding uh, the rapist and child pedophile and slave of Thomas Jefferson that Farrakhan is going to paint as uh, a bastion of freedom uh, who wanted to liberate our people. And I don't know, you know, to me, that was such a disrespect to the black people that was there amongst the other enemies, but more importantly to our ancestors, man, uh, to stand there and say that. Like, you know, like you you, you can't read a book. Like, I mean, like, he, what, what, you think people can't read or people don't know? But obviously because, again, no, no booze, his, no nothing. An enslaver had hundreds of our people raping our little girls, impregnating little girls. You're going to hold up as a bastion of freedom, a liberator of our people? That's beyond shameful, yo. I'm tired of the 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 posture that they take when oh. you speak to the light of this motherfucker. That's what really pisses me off. These niggas, this nigga got so many goddamn lap dogs. You know what I mean? And these motherfuckers who just be you know that 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 group mindedness that I can't find a word to talk about. But y'all know what I'm talking about. It's, it reminded me like my grandma was coming up because my grandma was very religious. And to see, you know, I, I know a religious motherfucker when I, when I see, you know, you can hear how they talk, you know what I mean? But you can still deal with them in the reality of their belief and shit. But these motherfuckers, you know they ain't what they're trying to say they are. But, they, but when they talk, they all try to get up like that pastor talk. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. In fact, you, 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 you turn me off because you plan on hope, hope talk. Like how the brother was getting with Sister Camille was chopping them niggas up on their show at the end. That was some old hope talk. You know, I'm going to run my mouth about some insignificant shit for 20, 30 minutes, take your attention from what's really going on. And you just as bad as, as the enemy when you do that. Because you're only doing it for the, you know, putting that smoke screen in front of a motherfucker. And we already got too many smoke screens already up. You know what I mean? We need to be like, my first thing, Malcolm was up, make it plain. Make it plain. Oh, that brother spoke for two hours and 20 minutes. He spoke for two hours and 20 minutes, and he only spoke on the or else part of the justice or else. He only spoke to that maybe 15, maybe 20 minutes and two, I mean 20 minutes left in the speech. He got to that point. Finally, he spoke on that. But as you spoke on religious, he spoke on, he was religious out. He was Jesus out for an hour and 30 minutes, man. Straight, damn it. Because he think that's where we still at. Yeah, because he ain't in the street. 
I tell you, when he's disconnected, he don't know what the fuck is going on out here because he never came to us with that. Okay. Malcolm talked about that too. These little so-called Negro leaders ain't out here in the community because if you know when when they get that phone call from Massa, and they got to jump on the good foot. You can notice them the first when when they first get that phone call, them first couple weeks they rough because they ain't been out there in the field. And then until the cracker brush them up with some resources, you know what I mean? Then they know what's going on and so forth. But the, the, their first report is, is, is very dull. Ain't got really nothing to talk about because they got to play catch-up. They got to put the ear back to the street. Hey, hey, what's going down, brother, man? You know what I mean? They got to go back out there and do their footwork and shit like that. But he ain't, man, he ain't. That motherfucker, man, got a fortress inside the city, a fortress within a fortress in that city. And. Has has chose to turn a blind eye to what's been going on about that, and is not qualified. I'll leave it at that because you know niggas are not qualified to be representing nations because they ain't even qualified to properly represent the organization because they're not accountable. How the fuck you gonna be a leader and you don't even want to? You a, a sincere leader wants to be accountable. He wants to answer to somebody. I only answer to my people. I need to be, I need the social, you know, the, the, the constructive criticism coming from inward of my family so I can be a better leader. Or vice versa, whatever. We ain't even ready for that because we got to know that most of our leaders wasn't pastor first. You can't be a, I'm sorry, man. I would say Nat Turner was a revolutionary. He, he was born one who was just trapped up in, in, in religion. I don't think the religion made him revolutionary. Because if that was the case, it would have produced many more, right? Okay. So I don't see how you can be a pastor first revolutionary. You're going to be conflicted. It's going to be time to go bust and hang, you know, and you're going to be, let, let us pray. Man, let's, you know what I mean? Let's celebrate afterwards, but let's get this, let's, get, let's take care of this work. You know what I mean? Because these people are, they 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 eating at uh, they're eating at us away back because they sending our own against us. I say. Mhm. And brother Bond said earlier, and they old. Automatic said that though. If automatic said what he said, that shit that the very kind of child abuse. On some real shit. Mm-hmm. To teach your kid about this, uh, 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 the president, the slave president. Yeah, that man, two hundred seven slaves. He teaches him he was looking out for our people. That's a form of child abuse, man. And we need to really be on that. That's why I say, it's, I'm happy that the movement. You know, I'm happy that we to be small because then we can please, we can better stratify ourselves on what the fuck we need to be doing. And the more we do that, I mean, the way we talk, we can already you can stand out among people who you think are conscious of how the topics we need to talk about in our perspective. That all we can do is refine that on on a smaller level with how we deal with one another, and we in the game. And keep that shit straight, low key to the you know motherfuckers you're dealing with, nice and small. Cause it's like I wasn't gang banging in California or anywhere, shit. It was a big gang, but the majority of the, the gang had about, like, 10 real killers in it. 
that was generating that reputation, that big. You know what I mean? About 30, 40 niggas really with the business out of 100, 200 niggas. And, and, and they all, you know, keep to themselves kind of quiet, keep, you know, keep their appearances up, take care, you know, stick to a, a, a certain code. And that's it. And, let, and, and people stand out among these bourgeois integrationists. That's my rant for tonight, y'all. <laughs> Black power. Black power, King. And well, I was saying, though, the lines are open, family. So, you know, you can come in and drop an article. I, I see I'm being respect, respectful of the callers out there who are on the line. But if you want to, if you have a story that you want to add in, that you do think would be of some type of importance, that you just want to share with the family um, to get uh, a different spin or perspective on. I want to give a blackout to Gassé for putting the North Korea documentary in the chat. Um, Building on what Brother Minkara said, just to show y'all that, you know, in case anybody doubt the um, validity of what the brother is putting out here. Uh, dealing with propaganda, and so they break it down, right? Um, point two of propaganda deals with creating ideals and illusions. A propagandist knows the individual has a natural desire to be on the winning side and to appear and appear to fit in with the crowd. Propagandist knows one of the easiest ways to achieve this is to make them, the masses, chant favorable yet deliberately vague slogans like the justice or else. Uh, and it's an example, this changes everything. Or you could go to Obama shit. I can't remember what that bullshit was. But he shows, he also says here, good propaganda is to create a slogan nobody is going to be against and everybody is for. Nobody knows what it means. Because it doesn't mean anything. Like justice or else. Like uh, Black Lives Matter. Oftentimes they sound like fragmented sentences, which don't mean nothing. Ashe. Well, you're saying, you know, you ain't got anything to hold on to, uh, anything, I mean, that you held on to last couple of days, anything that you thought was worthy or was, um,
Black Power? Black Power. I was uh set back my damn microphone. Well anyways, like I was saying, man, I hit the mute. But I was saying, uh, the lines is open. So, you know, for the family who are out there, the lines are open if you'd like to join into the conversation. You got any RT you'd like to speak on, please come on in. It's your time to shine. But we're not looking for integrations or channel who's But what's going on out there, family? Nobody got anything, any other story to put in right now? I know it's a, a hard thing to to, uh, to 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 really follow the people who you consider was were, were uh, on point with history and then took that history to to qualify their stances. And how do you qualify your stance with the history that we've been given? And your stances that I'm gonna join on that. No, no, no. That don't work. Well, you know, it's it's for me. It's just like with uh, the suit just said, and and you too, brother born. Uh, these traders, that's all, that's all I could call them. You know, um, I don't plan on being like those that came before me, and uh, not calling it out, not holding the line. That's why Farrakhan has been allowed to be around this long. That's why. Black traders like Sharpton have been allowed to be around this long because we allow them. Because we don't call these motherfuckers out for betraying our people, for gaming our people, for playing on our our people's um, innate need for liberation, innate need to uh, find self-identity in a society that doesn't give them anything in relationship to those things. And you can't support it. If, if, if we can't do nothing about them, we can at least do what Dr. Clark asked, and that was to isolate them. Bistro should have no ground to stand on, especially that motherfucker. Polite shouldn't even exist. There should be nobody, no Sarnetta TV, like for real. That's the least we can do is turn our backs on the shit. Turn our backs on them types, the new new types. Using, uh, using African, using black power, using the African-centered perspective to cover up the nucleus, which is white supremacy. They're integrationalists and assimilationists at the end of the day, fronting like they black nationalists. And, and the shit can't be tolerated no more. 
black power. I would like to submit this to the evidence room. Coming from my elder. With regret, with great regret, there's no organization in this country that could do more for the struggling black man than the black Muslim movement if it wanted to. But it has gotten into the possession of a man who's got become senile in his old age and perhaps doesn't realize it. And then he has surrounded himself by his children who are now in power and want nothing but luxury and security and comfort and will do anything to safeguard their own interests. So uh, I feel responsible for having played a major role in developing a criminal organization. It, it, it was not a criminal organization at the outset. It was an organization that had the power, the spiritual power, to reform the criminal. And, and this is what you have to understand. As long as that strong spiritual power was in the movement, it gave the, it gave the moral strength to the believer that would enable him to rise above all his negative tendencies. I know, because I, I, I went into the movement with more negative tendencies for the betterment of the community by any means necessary. And since, since tonight we had to get into this old nasty negative subject, we didn't want to bring up our program. We're going to have But as the African nation got it, we became proud of it. And we became proud of it, we began to have something you mentioned uh, the first between the black Muslims and the white wing in this country. Could you be I mentioned the conspiracy between the Muslims and the right wing in this country. I know for a fact that there is a conspiracy between among between the Muslims and the uh, uh, Lincoln Rockwell Nazi and also the Ku Klux Klan. There is a conspiracy. Well, the Ku Klux Klan made a deal, or were trying to make a deal with Elijah Muhammad in 1960 in the home of Jeremiah X, the minister in Atlanta at that time, who was president of the minister in uh, Philadelphia. They were trying to make a deal with him to make available to Elijah Muhammad a county, a size tract of land in Georgia or South Carolina, where Elijah Muhammad could then uh, induce Negroes to migrate and make it appear that his program of a segregated state or separated state was feasible. And uh, to what extent these negotiations finally developed, I do not know, because I was not involved in them beyond the period of uh, December 19, uh, 1960. But I do know that after that, Jeremiah, who was the minister throughout the South, could roam the entire South, and the Klan not bother him in any way, shape, or form, nor would they bother any of the black Muslims from then on, nor would the black Muslims bother the Klan. Are you inferring that because of this conspiracy, the attempt was made upon your life? The attempt could have been made upon my life. And, 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 and. Are you inferring that because of this conspiracy, the attempt was made on your life. Not necessarily that conspiracy. The attempt was made upon my life because I speak my mind and I know too much. And they know that I was speaking whether they like it or not. Am I urging my followers to take action against the Muslims? No. No. Uh, am I going 
going to try and infiltrate their organization and win over some of their supporters? No, I have never tried to win supporters from Elijah Muhammad. Since I have left the Black Muslim Movement, I've spoken at these rallies. Those who come, come. Those who don't, don't. But I've never gone out of my way to win over any of his followers. And he himself is fearful because he knows that you don't have to exercise too much energy to win his followers. As soon as they know truth and compare the two, uh, and by the way, this is the brother. This is, you can see you there, brother. This is Leon Amir, who was Cassius Clay's secretary, whom they beat unmercifully up in Boston. And the, the court freed the men who beat him. They fined him $100, was it? Fined him $100. And uh, he was on the inside of the black Muslim uh, specialty squad. And, and, and I know it. And it was he who heard. Elijah Muhammad Jr. come to New York when Elijah Muhammad was at the armory in June of last year. Jr. stood up and told the truth, many of whom are here now also, that uh, I should have been killed, that my tongue should have been put in an envelope and sent back to Chicago by now. And because Fat Joseph had not done it, they demoted him. He remained captain, but Clarence up in Boston was put over Joseph. And, and Joseph... Uh, Authority was curtailed. And then Clarence, the captain from Boston, and uh, John, the captain from Springfield, came to New York to assassinate me and came to him to get a silencer and couldn't get it. So the, the police know this. It's not something that's new. They just wait until the job is done and then they step in. Yes, now, Elijah Muhammad invited, uh, called all of his officials national officials to Chicago in October and ordered them to kill or maim any of his followers who leave him to follow me. In October. Well, uh, you, when you say, how do I know, many of the brothers who were in at that time are out now. And if this ever come into the court, there are plenty of witnesses who can stand up and testify to it. Pardon? Pardon. I'd rather not say it this time. Who's the next one? Give him, give him two more minutes. Give them two more minutes and we'll end it. Yes. Yes. When I said that no one can clean up our home but us, and that we will clean it up, including the, and no and, and no one should control it but us, including the politics. What do I mean? I mean exactly that. That the black people. What, you're thinking of who? Powell. Powell. Powell's one of us. No, he's not a member of our organization, but when I say he's one of us, I mean he's one of the family. And, and no one outside the family can get us to talk about him. If we talk about him, we talk about him within the family. But nobody outside the family can instigate us against Paul. 
Yes. By, by controlling it politically, I mean that the politics of the community of Harlem should be controlled by those of us who live in Harlem, not by somebody sitting down in Gracie Mansion. Sir? Uh, no, uh, but the organization of Afro-American unity intends to get involved in every kind of action that's going on in New York City. We don't intend to let anybody downtown influence us in any way, shape, or form. We want the influence to come from Harlem and from, and from other Harlems around the country. Now, this doesn't mean we're anti-outside of Harlem. This doesn't mean we're anti-Bronx or anti-White Plains or anti-White or anti-German or anything like that. But it means we're pro-Harlem. We're pro-ourselves. We want to start doing something for ourselves. That's all it means. It means that we, we want to stop begging you for your school. We want you to get out of the way and let us straighten out the schools in Harlem. I'm in the old town. I answered it when this gentleman over here asked. It's a song that we used to sing. An implication, an implied threat. I never imply any threat to anyone. I'm a Muslim. My religion is Islam. It's a mouth. At uh, 2 o'clock, This last part right here. I think this is. Uh, he two o'clock. 
I, as I say, our, our program will be unfolded. Elijah Muhammad knows he has done some good things and he has done some bad things. Uh, he knows that if he had wanted to, he could have uh, united our people with the Muslim world just by teaching the right religion of Islam. He could have done so. The entire Muslim world would have accepted him. As it is now, the Muslim world has rejected him. He can never go into the Muslim world saying that he's a prophet or that Allah came over here in the flesh. They would cut his head off if he said that over there. I mean, he knows this. Uh, none of his followers can go over there without denouncing him. It's impossible for them to go to Mecca or any other place unless they ascribe to Islam as it is ascribed to over there. So he was in a position to unite us with the Muslim world, those of us who are Muslim. He was also in a position to unite us with Africa. But you cannot read anything that Elijah Muhammad has ever written that's pro-African. You heard that? You heard that? Yeah, yeah. The Mecca or any... Hold on, hold on. He was also in a position to unite us with Africa. But you cannot read anything that Elijah Muhammad has ever written that's pro-African. <laughs> I try you to find one word in his direct writing that, that's pro-African. You can find it. That was a bomb. Hold on, one more time. I say. Those of us who are Muslims, word in his direct writing, but you cannot read anything that Elijah Muhammad has ever written that's pro-African. I defy you to find one word in his direct writing that, that's pro-African. You can't find it. Our dear brother Malcolm. Man amongst men. Matter of fact, man, you know, brother brother Mekara, that's coming in real clear. Do you got a clip that's a little bit longer that you can play on Malcolm and let's just let Malcolm clear us up for the night? Yeah, hold on. Long live the spirit of the great Malcolm X. That's the real African warrior. Standing up, telling the truth. Uh, because he knows it's it's necessary for the mental well-being of our people. He ain't buying old black unity. He's telling the truth out here. Now, that's Malcolm going up against the nation when they was in their heyday, right? We can't do that today with niggas like Pimp Polite, Bistro, and Nunu and now. Saad Diddy, if Malcolm could do it, we could do it. And we can do it without having to bow to the same account like so many are doing. We can do it without having to bow down. Join in, and we don't have to link in with special interest groups just for us to join, just for us to uh, go against them. Ashay. 
Ain't no reason to. Fuck building the false allegiance. Just keep it moving. That's that's our problem. We want to build allegiances with people who you can't be. You can't just be building allegiances with all these people. They just not. It ain't no good. It don't work. Just don't work. The uh, method that the white man uses, how the white man uses these big guns or Negro leaders, is the the, uh, method that the white man uses, how the white man uses these big guns or Negro leaders against the black revolution. They're not a part of the black revolution. They're used against the black revolution. When Martin Luther King failed to desegregate Albany, Georgia, the civil rights struggle in America reached its low point. King became bankrupt almost as a leader. Plus, even financially, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference was in financial trouble. Plus, it was in trouble, period, with the people when they failed to uh, desegregate Albany, Georgia. Other Negro civil rights leaders of so-called national stature became fallen idols. As they became fallen idols, began to lose their prestige and influence, local Negro leaders began to stir up the mountain. In Cambridge, Maryland, Gloria Richardson. In Danville, Virginia, in other parts of the country, local leaders began to stir up our people at the grassroots level. This was never done by these Negroes whom you recognize of national stature. They controlled you, but they never incited you or excited you. They controlled you. They contained you. They kept you on the plantation. As soon as King failed in Birmingham, Negroes took to the streets. King got out and went out to California to a big rally and raised about, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Come to Detroit and had a march and raised some more thousands of dollars. And recall, right after that, Wilkins attacked King, accused King and the Corps of starting trouble everywhere and then making the NAACP get him out of jail and spend a lot of money, and then he accused King and Corps of raising all the money and not paying it back. This happened. I got it in documented evidence in the newspaper. Roy started attacking King, and King started attacking Roy, and Farmer started attacking both of them. And as these Negroes of national stature begin to pack each other, they begin to lose their control of the Negro man. And Negroes was out there in the streets. They was talking about, we're going to mock on Washington. By the way, right at that time, Birmingham had exploded, and the Negroes in Birmingham, remember, they also exploded. They began to stab the crackers in the back and buzz them upside their heads. Yes, they did. That's when Kennedy sent in the troops down in Birmingham. So, and right after that, Kennedy got on the television and said, this is a moral issue. That's when he said he's going to put out a civil rights bill. And when he mentioned civil rights bill and the Southern crackers started talking about they were going to boycott or filibuster, then the Negroes started talking about what? We're going to march on Washington. 
March on the Senate, march on the White House, march on the Congress and tie it up. Bring it to a halt. Don't let the government proceed. They even said they were going to go out to the airport and lay down on the runaway and don't let no airplanes land. I'm telling you what they said. That was revolution. That was revolution. That was the Black Revolution. It was the grassroots out there in the street. Scared the white man to death. Scared the white power structure in Washington, D.C. to death. I was there. When they found out that this black steamroller was going to come down on the Capitol, they called in Wilkins. They called in Randolph. They called in these national Negro leaders that you respect and told them, call it off. Kennedy said, look, y'all letting this thing go too far. And old Tom said, boss, I can't stop it because I didn't start it. <laughs> I'm telling you what they said. They said, I'm not even in it, much less at the head of it. They said, these Negroes are doing things on their own. They're running ahead of us. And that old shrewd box. He said, well, if you all aren't in it, I'll put you in it. I'll put you at the head of it. I'll endorse it. I'll welcome it. I'll help it. I'll join it. The very matter of hours went by. They had a meeting at the Carlisle Hotel in New York City. The Carlisle Hotel is owned by the Kennedy family. That's the hotel Kennedy spent the night at. Two nights ago, belongs to his family. A philanthropic society headed by a white man named Stephen Curry called all the top civil rights leaders together at the Carlisle Hotel and told them that by you all fighting each other, you're destroying the civil rights movement. And since you're fighting over money from white liberals, let us set up what's known as the Council for United Civil Rights Leadership. Let's form this council. And all the civil rights organizations will belong to it. And we'll use it for fundraising purposes. Let me show you how tricky the white man is. And as soon as they got it formed, they elected uh, uh, Whitney Young as the chairman. And who do you think became the co-chairman? Stephen Courier, the white man. A millionaire. Powell was talking about it down at the Cobo today. This is what he was talking about. Powell knows it happened. Randolph knows it happened. Wilkins knows it happened. King knows it happened. Every one of that so-called big six, they know what happened. Once they formed it with the white man over it, he promised them and gave them $800,000 to split up between the big six and told them that after the march was over, they'd give them 700000 more. A million and a half dollars split up between leaders that you've been following, going to jail for, crying crocodile tears for, and they're nothing but Frank James and Jesse James and the what you call it brothers. <laughs> Soon as they, they got the setup organized, the white men made available to them top public relations experts. 
putting the news media across the country at their disposal. And then they begin to project these big six as the leaders of the march. Originally, they weren't even in the march. You was talking this march talk on Houston Street. Is Houston Street still here? On Houston Street. You were talking the march talk on Lenox Avenue. And not on, uh, what you call it, Fillmore Street. And Central Avenue. And 42nd Street and 63rd Street. That's where the march talk was being talked. But the white men put the big six ahead of it. Made them the march. They became the march. They took it over. And the first move they made after they took it over, they invited Walter Ruther, a white man. They invited a priest, a, uh, a rabbi, and an old white preacher. Yeah, the old white preacher. The same white element that put Kennedy in power labored the Catholics, the Jews, and liberal Protestants. Same clique that put Kennedy in power joined the March on Washington. It's just like when you got some coffee that's too black which means it's too strong. What you do, you integrate it with cream. <laughs> you make it weak. If you pour too much cream in, you won't even know you ever had coffee. It used to be hot, it becomes cool. It used to be strong, it becomes weak. It used to wake you up, and now it'll put you to sleep. <laughs> this is what they did with the March on Washington. They joined it. They didn't integrate it. They infiltrated it. They joined it, became a part of it, took it over. And as they took it over, it lost its militancy. They cease to be angry. They cease to be hot. They cease to be uncompromising. Why, it even ceased to be a march. It became a picnic, a circus. <laughs> Nothing but a circus with clowns and all. You had one right here in Detroit. I saw it on television with clowns leading, white clowns and black clowns. I know you don't like what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because I can prove what I'm saying. What you think I'm telling you wrong, you bring me Martin Luther King and A. Philip Randolph and James Farmer and uh, those other three and see if they'll deny it over the microphone. No, it was a sellout. It was a takeover. When James Baldwin came in from Paris, they wouldn't let him talk because they couldn't make him go by the script. Bert Lancaster. What this speech that Baldwin was supposed to make. They wouldn't let Baldwin get up there because they know Baldwin liable to say anything. <laughs> they controlled it so tight they told those Negroes what time to hit town. How to come. Where to stop. What sign to carry. What song to sing. What speech they could make and what speech they couldn't make. And then told them to get out of town by sundown. 
And every one of those times were out of town by sundown. Now, I know you don't like my saying this. That's why. Black Power. If he didn't describe Saturday, I don't know what did. Damn, Black Power. Was Sister Camille saying what I thought? Y'all heard me saying, but my phone was on mute. But that that sounded like uh, the elder describing 1010 2015. Perfect assessment. Thank you very much for that piece right there, Brother Nicaragua. Um, what would be the name of that piece so people out there in the audience that they were looking for that clip could find it? That's Malcolm X, the March on Washington. It's, a, it's taken from the message to grassroots, but that's the, if you want just that, that section I just played, uh, just, you can go over and just type in Malcolm X, uh, the March on Washington.
want some food for this weekend. So we need to eat somebody's food. So we'll work on, on the food for the weekend. We'll slow down Saturday, be 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Same time as Think Tank Thursday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Uh, I said 6.30 Pacific. You know, I'm normally used to say 6.30 on the west side, the best side. And then it keep on flowing. But as I said, though, it's 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 uh, on the west side, the best side. You know what it is. Uh, we thank everybody for coming out again. Uh, check into the archives, dig into it. If you got any, if you want to um, get down with us, the, the study session is really rocking on. Um, and we and we definitely picked up. I picked up that email address from a brother. The brother sent the email address. I got it. And uh, when we open up the group again, I'll throw you right into the group. Um, but, again, if you want to be into the study group in the, in the back room, you know, hit me up at blackpowerblock at gmail.com. That's blackpowerblock at gmail.com. And uh, you can definitely get in on it. With that being said, we'd like to leave out, which is, uh, leave out the same way that we come in. And that's with uh, Praise Nat Turner. Glory to Gaudi, long live the spirit of Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, long live the spirit of my sister Fanny Lou Hamer. Sucker in the trunk. I'll make it so. <laughs>